Yeah, got readers now. I've had readers before, but I uh, now need them more than ever. You'd think with a $6,000 computer, I wouldn't have to choose my ports. You know what I'm saying? I'll plug things in, get power. Do you like the new uh, MacBook? The new MacBook? That looks like the newer one to me. Oh. No? I don't know. Um, no, it's not new. Oh. I mean, it's relatively new. What's the matter now? Are we on Facebook? What's that? All right. Our Facebook feed going, getting everything up to speed. Yeah. Hi, Steve Church. What's going on with you, man? Hi, Jamie Allman. Good morning this morning, Steve Church. Good morning this Good morning. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. Good morning this morning. Uh, good morning, everybody. Hi, Margaret. How you doing? Yep. Vicky's on. Todd's on. Joe's on, Melissa's on, Sandy's on, Paula's on. Paula Young, I need to talk to you about your uh, show with your hubby there. I, I haven't been remiss in getting all that together, so we're figuring that one out. Speaking of shows, Mark Kaysen is going to be in this morning at about 6.30 or so. He said depending on whether his dogs cooperate. This guy's got a problem. <laughs> find a way to retrain him into uh, yeah maybe the problem with the dogs are is the trainer could be yeah ownership issue but what I'm saying is though Kaysen who I'm you know giving the opportunity of a lifetime to his own show and everything else and wanted to come in today and talk about a few things regarding uh, this convenience store this ongoing convenience store well we got to turn yours on ongoing convenience store baloney that now has spread to other convenience stores in North St. Louis. This is just the biggest made-up bunch of bullcrap on the part of these Absolutely. black activists that I've seen in a long time. But, you know, every summer, what's a summer in St. Louis without a bunch of black activists making something out of nothing and, and closing off stuff and burning things down and doing whatever? Gee whiz. What kind of town is this anyway? And you know what? We put up with it. The media reports on these guys like they're the like the 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 they're the twelve disciples. That's the and, problem. And, and 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 then yeah, it is the problem. And then what what the hell? How dare these guys put the police in this kind of situation once again? Where they have to be lined up. They have to line up in front of these places, and then suddenly they get screamed at by these banshees. It's like unbelievable. What the hell's wrong with these people? They don't. They never go after the real problem. Whether it be the Black Lives Matter people blaming the police when they're all assassinating each other on a regular basis. And now apparently it's the police's fault that there are, aren't black convenience stores around. It's like, holy moly. Get a grip. 
And I, I, I'm so sick of seeing this stuff. To just, I mean, Trump was in town yesterday. I'm going to get to that in a second, but I, I'm going to go. I'm going to go to this because I'm going to talk to the the Marcation about this because Marcation and I are in agreement about you know the, why people. There's a general sense of angst among people, the black community, as to why convenience stores are basically being owned by people who just parachuted into this country. I get that, but leave the police alone and leave the other convenience stores alone. Apparently what happened is they're passing under crime scene tape and they're going to other, uh, they're going to other stations and it's and the post dispatch says it's unclear why the protesters targeted the other stations. Why is it unclear to you, post dispatch? Why don't you ask these people? Because you're the one following them around everywhere. You're the one giving all, them all their forum. Why don't you ask a question? Why don't you ask them why they're targeting other convenience stores? It's unclear why the protesters targeted the other station. It's like, why don't you ask them? Why? Because you're scared to get yelled at like everybody else is. Listen to this. Just listen to this crap uh, in front of the the, the and, and the, oh, first of all, I love it because it's preceded by an ad for Springfield, Illinois, which is basically paradise compared to this crap hole. Absolutely. Yeah, come to Springfield, Illinois, because what you're about to see isn't happening here. <laughs> I love it. There's a Springfield, Illinois ad right before this monstrosity. Now, let's go to St. Louis, everybody. Here's an ad for St. Louis. It's juxtaposed with the Springfield ad. You don't get the Don't be that. Don't be that. Brother Shaheen, if you can't talk to him, don't talk. They're yelling at the police and going under police line tape at this convenience store. I mean, th- this is unbelievable, and it's unbelievable as an abuse to our law enforcement and certainly an abuse to these innocent store owners, the other ones that they're bothering. But that's what you're getting here. You get this tolerance, and these guys are – and there's Bruce Franks Jr. What the hell is he doing there? He's, he's a politician. They ought to be blaming him for the fact that foreigners own convenience stores and not black people. Or he ought to be at least going, blaming the other Democrat politicians for this disparity. But it's not the police's fault. But I love the fact that the the Post Dispatch, the Post Dispatch story on this is preceded by an ad for Utopia, Springfield, (laughs) Illinois, where there are none of these people who protest outside of who, who harass the cops. Springfield, Illinois is great, though. It is. You ever been there? Oh, yes. Been to the Lincoln Museum? I haven't been there um, in a few years, but always loved it. Yeah. So, anyway, that's my... I, this, this will not get any better, this rant part, because I'm, just, I'm just beginning on this thing, so just so you know. I'm ready. Meanwhile, President Trump, the people who are doing actually the real work in this town. We're here today to celebrate a great victory, a victory for all of you, for this community. U.S. And Steel. for our Granite City Steel. country. Sorry. After years of shutdowns and cutbacks, today the blast furnace here in Granite City is blazing bright. Workers are back on the job. 
and we are once again pouring new American steel into the spine of our country. Yeah. Those are all the deplorables. Those, those are all the, the deplorables, uh, according to Hillary Clinton in the Riverfront Times, where they, where they disparaged the entire town of Granite City when they said in their headline that Granite City is going to smell worse since President Trump is going to be there. That's great. That's, that's the attitude these people have, the elites have, towards you, me, workers, people like this who are doing the hard work of this town and not standing outside convenience stores screaming at police officers over something that's not even the police officer's fault, much less the convenience store owner's fault. Has Hillary been back to the area since she said she was going to destroy the region by taking <laughs> yeah, away jobs yeah, yeah, right. in the summer of 16? <laughs> no, I know. Wait. Classic. That was a classic. She, had, she got everything that was coming to her after she did something like that. I got to tell you. Good morning, everybody. Let's say hi to uh, Anthony's on and Sharon's on as well. Ben Murphy, thanks a lot for hooking me up with uh, Sonny Wilson, who's going to be in as well. Uh, ben had interviewed him on a Facebook page a while back, America First Missouri's Facebook page. And this thing regarding the – the hi, Tammy. Hey, Stan. What's going on, buddy? Hi, Donna. Uh, regarding the money that's being flow, flown into – Josh Hawley's campaign, it's getting really bad in terms of just how lathered up and crazed people are, the grassroots are, that the National Party and the State Party has done this to a Senate race that actually ought to be decided by the voters and not the never-Trump Missouri elites. But we're going to have Sonny in with us at about 7 o'clock. Cason's going to be in at 6.30. And then a little later on, we're going to have Jimmy Hoff go with us as well. The flood of subsidized imports and the tidal wave of unfair trade targeting our steel industry and, frankly, lots of other industries. It finally caught up with Granite City Steel. Hundreds of workers were laid off. Your two beautiful blast furnaces were idled. I love it how he calls blast furnaces beautiful. <laughs> it's great. Only a person who truly understands how great manufacturing and industry is and how great jobs are in America is would call blast furnaces beautiful. Because you know what? To these people, they are beautiful. Absolutely. They're beautiful blast furnaces. And the lifeblood of this community was drained. Over the last two decades, nearly two-thirds of American raw steel companies went out of business. More than one-third of the steel jobs vanished. We need steel mills for national security. Remember that. This isn't just price. This isn't just, gee, we could do it for a little bit less. We need it for national security. What happens when we need Rosie the Riveter back? What's she going to do? Go to a, go to a plant in China and make our warplanes and do all that kind of thing? Without steel plants, we have no Rosie the Riveter, just in case we need her. Our- Remember her? No, I'm sorry. Good, because if you did, you'd be dead. You'd be too old. But I should know my history as a 47-year-old man. Rosie the Riveter is just the world-famous emblem of the war effort at home. 
And a lot okay. of the people who were working in the plants when the men were all at war. I didn't know she was given a name. Rosie the Riveter. Well, it was kind of just a symbol of just the kind of uh, the adding to the war effort people who otherwise weren't around. So a lot of uh, women joined the war effort at home by working in plants and doing that kind of thing. Yeah. And Rosie the Riveter was one of those individuals, kind of the symbolic person uh, symbolizing the contribution of women who were otherwise at home taking care of the kids or doing whatever, now muscling up and putting it forth and working in the plants to keep the engines of our war going while the guys were over there fighting. So there you go. Steel towns became ghost towns. More than 70,000 hardworking Americans lost their jobs, their hope, and their way of life. You people know it better than anybody. These people now, because of the increase in jobs and because of their wallet size increases, are going to be buying things now. So you're, if you're a you – know, Margaret, if you're – Walmart over in Granite City or whatever else, you've got more people coming in. If you're a gas station, you've got more people coming in. If you're a car seller, you've got more people coming in. If you sell refrigerators or anything else, you've got more people buying things. It's kind of how the economy works. President Trump gets it. This is the time to straighten out the worst trade deals ever made by any country on earth ever in history. These deals were made by people I don't know if they didn't understand or if they didn't care. They did. I'll take B. I'll take all the above. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I think I, the problem is they did understand. That was the worst part of this whole thing is they, they did understand, but they didn't care at the same time. You think they actually had some business sense to them that understand the economics 101 mark? But, but, they don't, 101 but, but, but see, the thing is, Economics 101 doesn't help a politician because you, you need to have people who are dependent on you. A- and Republicans are no exception. And so in order to have – you have to be the person who I, – I learned this actually in Italy. I thought it was pretty funny about the, the Italian mindset. I don't know whether it's true because I haven't seen a whole lot of it happening. But there's a joke kind of in Italy and in Europe that Italians – are kind of sometimes difficult to get a low. They'll create problems so that they can be heroes and solve them. So on any minor kind of transaction or something, for whatever reason, some Italians will make things really hard just so they can come in and resolve the problem. And I don't know why that is the case, but Hmm. apparently that is legendary among Italians. I honestly don't know why I'm speaking out of school because I'm not Italian and so I, I don't – but I'm just – that's what was overheard when we were talking about this with the tour guide uh, over the week when we were in Italy. And it was a big joke about Italian – because she, she was trying to go through these little aisles and get here and get there as a tour guide and get us in certain places. And these guys were – one guy was making it really difficult. The other guy would come in and go, oh, but it's okay. We'll go and resolve it. And then suddenly the, the problem was solved. On a larger scale, politicians are precisely like that. They don't exist if there's not a level of angst among the citizenry. They depend on people being either fighting with each other 
or desperate for their help. And, and that's how they act. They've kind of got this, uh, this, this larger scale Munchausen syndrome. You know what that is? Where, you know, the, the, the mom makes the kids sick or does things so that she can be the caretaker of the kid. You ever heard of that Munchausen yes. syndrome thing yeah. where they purposely sometimes even harm the child? It's, it's kind of like the mental illness of sorts, a syndrome where they, where they hurt the child to the point where the child is dependent on them for whatever it has. And that creates this dependency model that the person who has the syndrome tends to get off on. And that's exactly what our politicians are like. Dangerous form of narcissism. Yes. Sociopath. Yes. That goes back to the convenience store. These people are just starving for attention. Yesterday, they're starving for attention. Well, Knowing the it, phones are going to be, they're just starving for... Well, they're, they, but, you know, Steve, it's, it's bigger than that, though. They're not starving for attention. And I'm not just trying to contradict you to contradict you. They're not starving. Star, star, they're, they're trying to create a problem to make themselves relevant. And so they'll bark up any tree they bark up just to be barking so that they can make the citizenry nervous about it, even though they're barking up the wrong tree. When these hyenas out there at, in front of the, the, uh, the gas stations are screaming and yelling at the cops and everything else, uh, they know that the cops aren't the problem. They know, for instance, the other convenience store down the street isn't the problem. But they'll still stand out there and scream and yell because they know these white liberal lemmings at the Post-Dispatch and in the local media will come out and right. just basically feed right out of their hands like kittens at a bowl of milk. That's where I was going. Yep. And so, and so that's, that's what they do. And, and they're no different than our politicians who like us fighting. So they can step in and resolve the problem with either more government – or more ability for them to be infused into your lives. And so these guys who made these trade deals, they didn't – and to them, they didn't really care. They cared more about themselves and about their globalist corporate donors than they do about the citizenry because the citizenry, as long as they're unhappy, you can get them to vote for you and do all that kind of thing. The other people will fund you, but if you make the citizenry all upset and even, for that matter, jobless, that's what the Democrat model is. You, you make people miserable so that you can make them dependent on government and thus dependent on the politician. And so President Trump is being generous when he talks about these guys who made the trade deals as not understanding what's going on. It's pretty, it's pretty clear. They definitely understand what's going on. Actually, they understand it more than anybody does, which is why they behave in the manner they behave and why they do what they do, which is get involved in these trade deals that they know are bad for the four-family home there in Granite City. And they count on the fact that people like Tom Costello and David Muir and CNN don't understand. Right. And they don't care to understand either. They didn't frankly love our country, but we have the worst trade deals ever made in history. But now they're becoming good again. And, you know, President Trump actually is more pure in the sense of I'm coming as the white knight 
Because he is. And President Trump didn't create this problem, but it required the election of President Trump to resolve these problems. And you know what? To tell you the truth, and we'll deal with this when Mark Cason's in, President Trump is going to do more to encourage black convenience store ownership than Lacey, Lacey Clay could live another thousand years and still not manage to help the people who are screaming outside of convenience store after convenience store. The worst part about the Post story is how they said it was unclear why they were harassing other stores when the reporters are standing out there with them. That tape I played you is from a Post-Dispatch reporter with a video camera. Who's unclear. Who's unclear about why they're going to other stations. Like they can't peek out from behind their camera going, why are you going to another station? They just can't do that. Why are you why are you here down the street at this convenience store and not at the convenience store in question? They were waiting for their partner at Fox 2 to ask that question. <laughs> Did they? I hope. No. But but that's what needs to happen and and so President Trump is the kind of person who's come in and just the person we needed and which is why he's going to be reelected in 2020. He is victorious. He's a gladiator for the economy. He has brought Europe to its knees, not that you know, we want we hate Europe. We just want them to understand the need to renegotiate these trade deals. And so now happy days are here again, hopefully. And the whole thing, but the whole myth about the the farmer, boy, that went out. They that went out quickly. Yeah, you notice Claire McCaskill hasn't talked about that again. She'll try, but this this deal that was made with the European Union was was the absolute worst possible scenario for people like Claire McCaskill because she can't talk about how miserable farmers are going to be because it's not true anymore where was this, with this pact. Where was the Southern Illinois uh, dignitary and elected officials yesterday? I didn't see them. Well, yeah, I think Rodney Davis was there. And Rodney Davis, who I have trouble with, Rodney Davis was the one who said he was no longer support President Trump when the when the when the tapes came out the Billy Bush the Billy thing. Bush tapes I remember came that. out I remember interviewing him oh about I it. do too yeah it was pretty uncomfortable I was because I was like dude what are you doing how is it possible that you're withdrawing support for the nominee of the party eight hours after the tapes came out. Eight hours after, I said, "What are you doing to your community?" And now look at look at look at him. Rodney Davis is down there, basically just big uh, smile, his tongue wagging at the appearance <laughs> of President Trump. Because these Granite City guys, if Rodney Davis had his way, they'd be they'd be still out of work. So would the coal people down there in Southern Illinois as well. I think Bost was there too, and he's he's not a. He's a, he's a good guy, but but Roddy Davis, I mean, at the time when he withdrew his support for President Trump, he was imperiling Trump votes in the very community that needed President Trump desperately. So now Rodney Davis is going down there with Hillary stink all over him, <laughs> and he got a pass big time. It was nice of him to leave baseball practice to come yeah. yesterday. It was great. Yeah. Remember during the shooting, Rodney Davis was the first one, you know, with the, you know, sunglasses on the forehead. Yeah, so, yeah, I, you know, Unbutton American hero Rodney Davis. But they, they, you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> 
He and by the way, I also reminded him. I said, "You barely won that seat because that that area that he represents is a mixed area there." And boy, I really, I really, uh, I, he and I haven't spoken since then. He he hasn't. He never came on the show after all that. But uh, they, he 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 has. Granite City has nothing to thank Rodney Davis for here because if Rodney Davis had his way, Hillary Clinton would be president. Absolutely. Davis was a never-Trumper at the time after the tapes came out. He finally got on board because he had to, but I don't want to just pick on him, but it, it is another example of these guys who've done nothing for their community and who now wind up actually reaping the benefits of this. And I'm sure President Trump was reminded that Rodney Davis did what he did. Maybe they played the interview for President Trump before. I don't know. I was <laughs> hoping they would, but yeah. We are here today because America never surrenders. That's right. America never surrenders, and it's a beautiful thing. And did you see all the people out there in Granite City lining the streets for him? Yeah, it was. I mean, it was. It was a great sight. I want to tell you though. You know, as much as I attack. Good evening. It's been nearly forty-eight hours oh, since what's, the secret what's, recording Anderson made Cooper. by Michael how, Cohen of Don. How did you get out of here? Out here. Uh, apparently, there were with the Post Dispatch. At least they covered the story. I mean, the reason why I played you the tape of President Trump in its entirety is because the Post Dispatch did record that. I, I used their tape. So at least they, at least, you know, as much as I attack the Post-Dispatch, and I do it uh, on a regular basis sometimes, I do have to admit that I also utilize their resources, and they they at least put the tape of President Trump speaking in Granite City up on their website. Right. So, so good for them. They put the entirety, they put the entirety of the, Situation happened at the convenience store on their website, too, which is the only reason why you were able to see just how horrible this woman was to these guys at the convenience store. Not to say she deserved to be kicked or anything like that, but the fact of the matter is at least we saw in all of its full glory the link to the Facebook page and everything else. So the post, Unfortunately, the Post-Dispatch will put all this stuff out there, but then its reporters won't cover – what we're seeing right in front of our very eyes. And their editors inflame it with their headlines, and you see where they're going from yeah. the get-go. I mean, only people like the Post-Dispatch could actually be showing us video of these other protesters out there and then say they don't understand why they're doing this and why they're doing that when they could have actually just asked them, and it was so obvious there. So I, I don't understand why and, and they did find I think the the story I can't find the story anymore on the Post Dispatch site, but they found the one protester outside of the Granite City Steel Steel who was a steel worker apparently. I saw the story, then for whatever reason it disappeared. I don't know why. But anyway, great hmm. moment to go ahead and salute well, our yes, yes, Steve. Well, KMOV in the contrast, they covered the inflatable protesters of Chickens. Yeah, I saw Trump. that. Yeah, Matt mentioned Matt, that to me. Our director Matt had. So what? <laughs> why? It, it's, wh- it's the whole fifty-fifty mentality that even though the the voice is so small to compared one to ten thousand, they feel that they need to tell the story as if it's a fifty-fifty 
issue. Well, but but, but why why when 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 these people as Americans are basically holding Trump's balls, why are they why are they portraying him as a chicken? <laughs> when when President Trump has more courage than probably a thousand of these people put together. So why why are they portraying him as a chicken? I I don't know. Did the post dispatch ask them? Did the post dispatch cover? Is that where you got the chicken? KMOV. Oh, KMOV. Did the KMOV explain why they are chickens? Well, we'll see. I'll go ahead and see if I can find it on my own. See if KMOV discussed it. You know people there. I, um, I think I do. Some people still. I don't remember their names, but I know some people there. I'll recognize them by face. Ask them then. people good morning this morning live from the discovery design studios discovery dot design for all of your trucking needs your hauler builder contractor roofer you got the help of discovery design discovery design inc dot com is where you're going to be able to find it and rick and jerry poke thanks for your support of this radio show of Radio Free Allman, RadioFreeAlman.com. We have the new tanks, thanks to Gia Valenti and her great ideas regarding colors. So all kinds of new ones there at RadioFreeAlman.com. The hats are there as well. Some of you still wondering how you get a hold of that stuff. I haven't promoted it enough. 
Thank you to Mike and Shannon over there at beautiful Santino Cigars and Cocktails for all of their support of the show, too. And don't forget Mattress King as well. Golden Oak Lending on the way. Thank you, Tracy and Rick Ellis. Of Rick and Tracy Ellis Real Estate for helping me out and giving me yet another thing to play around with. Appreciate that as well. I'll explain that a little bit more. But uh, 309 is my number. You call that number, and I'll refer you directly to Rick and Tracy if you are interested in selling commercial property, your home, buying commercial property, buying a home. Rick and Tracy will do it for you. And do it for you with a plum. Thank you, Eric Naputi, too. NaputiWellness.com for all of your uh, help, too, brother. Because Naputi's got his own show on the way. And it's it's uh, Wellness Matters on Radio Free Alma. It's already aired once. We're going to keep doing it. And uh, it's on weekends. And you can always get it at NaputiWellness.com and also on his Facebook page. Speaking of his own show, ladies and gentlemen, Mark Kaysen is in the studio about to get this show on on the road. How you doing, buddy? No, I'm I'm doing when, great. When are we going to do this show? By the way, very very soon. You know, I'll tell you what I think we ought to do. Whenever we are here together like this, did we ask? No, okay. but here's what I recommend. Yes, what do you recommend, my friend? I think we should get from Santini Cigars, Santinos, Santinos Cigars. We should get um, uh, each one of us should have a Cuban. Okay. Cigar. Oh, Cuban, Cuban cigar. slave cigar. or a Cuban? Cuban Just a, cigar. Oh, Cuban cigar. A, a, okay. a, a special, you know, Fidel type. Okay. Okay. And and we don't have to light them up, but we could eat. We could just have. A, that's that could be our kind of thing that it sounds we do. like a show. You know, well, ultimately your show is going to be on. We're we're working this out still, correct? Yeah. Okay, so we're going to actually have it on. It's interesting, Mark. As much as he he was wondering if he should take a knee for the national anthem, but but you didn't see it because we put the flag up for the national anthem. But Casey walked into the studio like the anthem was for him. Right? Did you see how he walked into the studio? He walked into the studio like it was hail to the chief. Yeah, you know the anthem. You kind of did. You know the you? anthem that I like, but that you know we we played that before. I don't know if you were here that you. I think you were here that day. Yeah, the, the Russian anthem is really a nice anthem. I like it. it I, I you would like this. We got a couple of things we need to talk about before we get to this because uh, I know you have this uh, an opinion about this story that's been going on with the protesters and what happened outside this gas mart and also just in general because I've talked about this for a long time because I do have to tell you I have sympathies with the people who are expressing angst in the black community as to why it is that they have their the, the convenience stores basically the small businesses for lack of a better term are uh, op Operated by people who have just parachuted in here as opposed to people in the community. And there are several different reasons for that. But I sympathize with the questions they have about that because it, it, you have to admit that that it's troublesome that people in black communities suddenly are have no stake in their communities when it comes to their businesses and their local businesses. And there are reasons for that. And we'll get into that in a second. And, and, and also you'll have to say, is one of your guys in here? 
your people in here? Lots of my people. Okay, sure. I just well, I was wondering what because I because then maybe you can ask them why the hell they're at other convenience stores, and we can we can deal with that. But I want to first of all point out that I was at the Vatican a couple days ago, actually, and there's a guy wearing a Che Guevara shirt, my favorite, and I it love was che. and it took everything in me not to just walk by the guy and go, you know, he's a murderer, don't you? What? But I didn't want to get he's in. a doctor. Well, he <sighs> was he was a doctor until we murdered him in Bolivia. But go ahead. But he was he was a murderous, rampaging rebel who I think is a criminal as opposed to a hero. He was a heroic a, revolutionary. I didn't want to get into a fight at the, at the Vatican with some that guy. That was wise. Who probably didn't understand yeah. a word I was saying anyway. <laughs> I, knew, I know he understands the word murderer because he knows Che Guevara is one. Also, by the way, I, I thought this was interesting, and you'd appreciate this but for the wrong reasons. When I talked to... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, when I when I talked to some a young cab driver in Italy, and he spoke English, the young Italians, I, and I admire the Italians so much. I think they're a very strong culture, and they are a very strong country. They're very nationalistic. They're very proud of their country. They love President Trump, and they. Yes, they. Yes, they do. Mark, come Hayson. on. Okay, you know what, Jim Carrey. They despise Jim, him. They, they do not. Okay. Who told you that? The New York Times. Go ahead. Well, I was over there, and Jim Carafano, who did extensive traveling over there, and also because of the military base there in Naples and everything else, he knows a little bit about what's going on over there in Italy. And they have a strong national identity. They are not happy with the swamp that they have themselves, which is the European Union. They have never understood or never liked the fact that they have to use euros and not the Italian money that they used to have. And they have tried to maintain a lot of their national identity, and and they do. I mean, everywhere you go, there are Italian flags. They're very supportive of their own country. And that's why they have some symmetry with President Trump, because President Trump is nationalistic to a certain degree, and they identify with him. And they, de- they love Americans because they consider Americans to be strong people and they admire their will because they themselves have had a great deal of it throughout the ages as a young country themselves at least as a young country known as the republic of italy as opposed to anything else yeah we helped save them from fascism yes we did we did but but now curiously enough though the young italian had some nice things to say about mussolini and the reason for that is because he because Mussolini was first of all an, an awful coward, and 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 he got sucked into the Hitler love thing, and and he just made a huge mistake, which is why he wound up upside down, hanging from a lamppost eventually. But the fact of the matter is, this guy was telling us how he was telling us about the streets. And the schools and the hospitals and everything else. And he's a young Italian who said, that's all Mussolini. Mussolini did all that. And yet he said, I, I understand why. And he, they, he, he brought that up by himself. He, did, he didn't bring it up with me asking him. He brought that up by himself. So there's this weird kind of twisted love for Mussolini and at the same time a hatred for him because of what he did to the country by shouldering up with Adolf Hitler. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, well, you know, the Russians truly love Joe Stalin. 
I mean, they love him. He is, he is considered a hero to this very day. I mean, you go to Russia, when they write books today, I mean, many of them talk about the, the heroism of, of Stalin and how he saved the world from Hitler. Now, of course, that's Russians. Now, the Germans, you know, they don't say they love Hitler, but the truth is is that the, the number of, of copies of Mein Kampf that are bought from Germany in, in Germany over the Internet, which is illegal, actually, to buy them, but they buy it anyway, huge numbers. So, okay, so all these countries sort of like their history. Uh, I don't know. Where does that put us? I, I don't, don't know. know. I, I just got I got lost there. I don't. I was wondering well, no. where I was. No, at the no. Time you, you brought you brought up the, the 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 issue of these countries that you know that love yes. their crazy oh, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> luckily, luckily, we don't idolize Joe McCarthy. That's a good thing because we do have democratic institutions. That's good. Hollywood and someday loves what, them. Some days, evidently. Well, they tell the story sometimes. James Gunn's no, they, boss. They, no, they they no they 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 don't love. Joe McCarthy, but they act like him, which is interesting. Yeah. Well, that's not true. The entirety but, but, of the liberal is. establishment yeah. acts like Joe McCarthy. These people outside of it, your friends outside of the gas mart resemble Joe McCarthy more than anybody else does these ask, days. Well, ask well, James Gunn if Alan Horn loves Joe McCarthy or they act alike. Yeah. Let, let, let me say this. What's going to happen is all this what you're talking about here with with those protesters yeah can i set it up for a second though yeah go ahead okay because 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 you kind of glossed over the joe mccarthy aspect of this because i do think that there are people on the left and in america who resemble who much who will be the first ones to say how awful joe mccarthy is but they all act like joe mccarthy right because joe mccarthy uh, you know mccarthyism is the concept of someone assigning a basically a, a black mark on you regardless of the truth of the matter and trying to run you out regardless of the truth of the matter. And this is happening every day in American society, and usually it's the left perpetrating it. Yeah. If you and calling I, everybody racist, yeah. you know, calling I, everybody bigoted, calling everybody not everybody. Oh well, yeah, they do. Just Benedict Donald. <laughs> But, I mean, but, you know, but that's but, what they do. No, but listen, here, here's the thing. Like, I guilt wish before innocence. Only in the case of Donald, who truly is guilty, but will, you know, the day that you and I and, 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 and church and whoever else we bring, the day that we visit him in jail, I mean, yeah. that, that, listen, that's going to be fun. Keep hopefully, of, he sells his fantasy about this van that yeah. we're all taking Ho- to hopefully, prison. Hopefully, we'll have, you know, TV cameras with us, and you know it'll be part of the Allman report. But look, these these guys you're talking about, these aren't the left. I, I, I wish you could have been at a meeting, you know, a Communist Party meeting that I was at last night at Washington you University. Were, you were not at a Communist Party meeting last night. I only call them communists because you would call them that if okay. you saw them. So what was this meeting then? Uh, social justice educators at Washington University. Right. And, I mean, these... You mean the, otherwise known as poison snakes? How's rad- Charlie Chaplin doing? Radical leftists, yeah. radical leftists who would, would gladly take that name because they believe in that, 
But there wasn't one word in that entire night that was spoken about Donald. None of him. I mean, it, nobody was, nor were people talking about deplorables or any, none of that. It was all about something that actually you're, you're going to be involved with me in, 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 in doing, and that is helping young people, like some of those in that picture, in, in, in North St. Louis and, and, and so forth, helping them to get out of that mess. Okay. okay, because right. because that's a mess. Right, it is. That, okay, so, then, so now let's mess. get into it. I'm right now on this freeze frame of the video, and I noticed two guys who are clearly too old for the club. Are those buddies of yours? Well, that looks like it might be Shahid. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. It looks like him. Yeah. yeah. So you and and listen, let me tell you, you know, Shahid is oh, one of my best buddies. Club. One of my best. I know. Yeah. I and and what's he doing out there? Because. There is a lot of concern, and you've said it already, and it's true, that, that the many foreigners, and, and actually many of them are Arab, own these stores. Now, the truth is, the reason they own the stores is because they come from these countries, wherever they come from, with money that they bring here from their families, and they buy these businesses. And you know what? They make money, and, and they do some things that aren't good, by the way. I mean, they, they do some things that are harmful in the community. I can tell like, you— like, like beat the kid with a hoodie with a stick when he comes in with a handgun? No, let me, let, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example of what they do. See this? Yes. You know, you know That's I, a phone. You know I love my phones. Yes, you have two okay. of them. Yeah, I, 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 more than that. Yeah, these are my, yeah, I your use. Your girlfriend phone yeah. and your wife phone. <laughs> yeah, well, people say that kind of stuff. <laughs> my stock market and this. Yeah, okay. But anyway, the, yeah. But but here's the thing. They, the the kids at, the, at school steal these. Yes. Okay. I, I mean, if you're at school. Steal what? These phones. Oh, you these put phones. A, you put your phone down, okay, I mean, you'll have a kid steal the phone. And it, it, it'll only take 10 minutes before that phone is passed out the window to somebody who takes the phones to these Arab stores and sells them to the right. Arabs. Yeah. I okay. mean, the, 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 All right. there's a, so there's a lot of bad so, okay, stuff right. well, happening. Let, let, let's, talk about, let's talk about this. Yeah. Let's talk about what happened, at the, at, first of all, at the, the original story. You saw the whole video, right, of this screaming. I know. She looked like she was on something, woman, who the two Middle Eastern guys said to get the hell out of their store and off of their private property. She refused and told them, by the way, to go back home. Which is something. If a white person said that to an to an Arab, what do you what do you think would happen next? Care would be out there with with a with a news conference in front of the place, right? Just talking about how Muslims are all you know, whatever. I don't even know what these guys take what, that guys Puerto are. Rico shirt off. Yeah, right. Exactly. They would treat us like that. But instead, when black people do it, it's like, oh, I understand. Anyway, they shouldn't have kicked her, but they also shouldn't have been charged with fourth degree assault. If anything. She was assaulting them with her language, and generally, a woman like that, uh, she wouldn't last two minutes in Italy in front of their stores. And the reason why these people are so protective of their stores is because they have worked hard to get them. And there's no reason why the, this group of individuals, these people who you're hearing screaming and, and – and, oh, by the way, oh, here's the video. Oh, this isn't the video of them screaming. This is a video 
of a promotion for Springfield, Illinois, which looks like utopia compared to what you're about to see in the video following. I love it. it. This is almost like when they do the ads for bullets right before they do a Hillary Clinton video for bullets and guns. This is perfect. Come to Springfield, Illinois, because you're about to see a crap hole right in front of your very <laughs> own eyes, right in front of a gas mart in North St. Louis. Y'all people be there. Y'all people be there. Y'all people be there. Brother Shaheen, if you can't talk to him, don't talk. All right, so let me ask you this. Given all the issues that are presented in this story, and, and some of them are issues that I have sympathies with, but as usual, the activists ruin everything because they lose me. Like, like I've been talking about this disparity in the black community regarding small business ownership and everything else, and especially with grocery stores and things like that, for a long, long time. And I do believe that the economic conditions have been such that it has prevented actually people in the inner city from getting loans from banks. That's why President Trump went to Detroit to uh, say, hey, we need to re- a resurgence of the community banks. We need people who are able to get money because right now there are banks that are too big to fail, but then the banks that are too small to, c- to continue. And the lifeblood of normal average everyday people, small businesses, community members, is the community bank where they have a small bank that will that's loaning them money for equipment, for payroll, to start a business, everything else. And shouldn't we actually be on a track to actually create more of a path with the resources we already have for more economic development for the inner city? But we don't, which is how you have these people parachuting in okay. from nowhere. So we getting agree. Money. So, but, no, but, but, but we but, agree but, on wait, wait, that. But, but, but then, then I completely get distracted and angered when I see a bunch of these people. First of all, they're screaming at the police and the police have nothing to do with this. And I'm, I'm about sick of another summertime where a bunch of these rabble rousers, these banshees out there start to scream at innocent police officers who, first of all, have no business having to be out there to begin with. These guys right around the corner from where these guys are, there's probably someone getting held up on a corner somewhere, and the police are needed there not to have to sit there and listen to Anthony Shahid or Bruce Franks Jr. call them names and scream in their faces. And that's where you lose me. And don't forget, you helped bring us Bruce Franks. Absolutely. Okay. Then then they go... Then well I did because I, I admired him and because he was he was a guy who, in his own right who was draining a swamp in the African American community that was uh, being overseen by the Hubbards and the Clays and all the other people out there because they had their own swamp going on and I gladly helped him and uh, 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 Rasheen Aldridge get on the committee out there in the Fifth Ward everything else I helped those people but now that then they travel on to other convenience stores. Okay, and again, Bruce Franks is out there. He's a politician by himself. He knows what the problem is. The problem isn't at at the BP down the street now. Why are they going down the street to other gas stations and gathering in front of those places? That's a lynch mob right there. That's that's McCarthyism right there. That's that's the torch Disney villager mob there. And these poor people who are owning these stores, it's not their fault they. took advantage of a system that disadvantages blacks no that's exactly true and 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 the the only 
place where we disagree, which is going to be sort of a big disagreement. But nevertheless, I mean, I want them, all of these young people and, and, and their parents, you know, are probably beyond it right now. But the young people have a chance, which is what happens in the United States, to, to grow up and, and, and get beyond the problems that their parents have. And, and, and the answer there is get them into college. I want all these kids, and that's what we were doing last night at Wash U, talking about how to get these students, these young people, uh, how to get them tuned into being the elite that you are and that you are. Look, how about- I've got an elite guy, an elite journalist on one side, an elite uh, television producer on the other side, talking about being what? The deplorables? You're not the deplorables. Well, listen, all you are, we listen. Are, there are three elitists standing here in this studio. Come on, admit all, it. All college did for me was waste my money and damage my liver. And it I got did you I did, 15 I, Emmys. I did read a couple of books. No, college didn't get me 15 en- sure it en- did. Emmys. Work, hard work did and ingenuity. And I learned more being an apprentice at radio and TV stations than I did actually in school. Right. And that leads me that leads me to a tie-in to maybe these individuals should bypass college and we should actually get them more into apprentice programs or coding, computer coding programs. There's an there's a guy who has downtown, I forgot the name of the business because I had him on the Almond Report, who has now a coding school. Like it's a school where, where where young people go to learn coding because coding is the the wave of the future. And Matt, you kind of I don't I don't really know what it is, but young people like Matt and other people know that that's that's where young people are making their money in the trades and in coding and in all these kind of things. And colleges have now become basically a a just a cesspool of indoctrination. And so maybe. Because of the resurgence of manufacturing, thanks to President Trump, our fearless leader, uh, and we saw Let's a great skill. May, maybe, maybe now there'll be a resurgence in apprenticeship programs with the unions and things like that, the trade unions, those kind of things, where these people can get real jobs that are giving them real money. Because these guys going to college, it's going to be a waste of their time. You know so, what? I can't wait until your kids. Which I and I love saying this to, to to people who say the things that you're talking about. I can't wait till your kids end up at elite universities doing tremendous things in our society. Because you know what? What happens is elitists like us create elitist kids who go to universities and end up with great professions and doing wonderful things. And there's nothing you can do to stop it because everything that, that kids become comes from the home. But you Your know, you, kids are going to be like you. But here's and the you thing, can't from the home, you, 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 not the university. From, no, no, from, from Mark, the home, which sends them right. to university. Here's believe the thing, me. Here's the re- but here's why you – I mean, listen, I'm not, I'm not one of these people who just – despises college and intellectuals I and that kind of that. thing. But but I do think that for most people, young people these days, college is a waste of time and a waste of money, and it ties them down. Uh, listen, my daughter, I, I proudly sent her through Indiana University. It cost me a mint. Uh, but you know where she's making most of her money right now is working at a server, as a server, 
and manager at Mickey Spillane's in New York, while at the same time testing out her writing skills and wanting to get break into the writing industry and the music industry there in New York. And so, yeah, the degree may or may not have helped her. It actually got her to New York because she got a job at a startup that folded two weeks later. But still, for me, you know, I would have rather have saved the $30,000 a year, $35,000 a year, and actually just given it to her so but she could changes, she could buy a house, but it but, changes but, who but, you are. But, but no, no, oh, Mark. Okay, it makes on. you a different kind of person. Stop. It does. Yeah, it makes you a person that's standing out there in this quadrangle with some screeching four foot tall red haired little ninny uh, calling for ba- more muscle. back, more muscle. That's what it winds up. But let me ask you. This. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> How I can say the abuse. Here, here's how. Here's how, though, you speak out of both sides of your mouth, though, because yeah. for a while there, you were all about robotics. Remember, robotics. I still am. And Mark Casey would come on. It's all show, about universities. Robotics. We're going to have everybody making and robots. I, and I'll get some of those people down here from from the ro- from the the robot companies. You're not learning robotics at at yes, Harvard. Well, sure you are. No, oh, you're oh, not. No. Well, you're no, learning, you're so wrong. You're learning at r- you're, robotics you're, at Rankin Tech, or at, at, at maybe even at Rala, or or maybe you're maybe wrong. you're learning how to code. Maybe you're learning how to well, code robots wrong. at the coding you're center. Just, there, you're so wrong. Rethink Robotics, which is one of the top robotics companies in the country that does all this research. They do the research with Harvard. They do it at Columbia University. They do it at MIT. They do it at UCLA and Berkeley. No, you're wrong. They do have these schools that you're talking about, but that's sort of the the worst part of, of the business. The big part of the business is the work that these people are doing, developing the innovation at, at our universities that's going to make this country all right. by the time well, by the, we'll be gone with all, and this country will be a different okay. place. In spite, of, in spite of all our disagreements, we do agree on one thing, yeah. that – what these guys are doing outside the gas mart isn't helping the we black community. We don't want community. that. We don't want it's that. It's not helping None the black community. It. It's not helping anybody who wants to sympathize with the hopes, d- desires, and angst of the black community over the seeming economic disparity that they see in front of theirs every day they go in and buy a gallon of milk or do whatever they're doing at a convenience store. So I understand that, but this is taking us away. I guarantee you, everybody listening uh, to this uh show right now or watching this show right now who otherwise might have sympathy for the argument that, hey, it is kind of weird that Middle Easterners and Asians all own grocery stores in black communities, but blacks don't. But but we can't get off of that uh, off of square one to have that discussion when we got to put up with a bunch of guys who I'm seeing on a camera right now attacking innocent police officers, innocent convenience store owners, running a, a mock around North St. Louis at every convenience store and just screaming at any foreigner that, that happens to be in existence out there. It's not a good face on the community, and it certainly does, doesn't allow us to have the sympathies that I think they need to progress it, it's it is noise. it is it is the legacy of slavery that you are looking at the United States of America that's what we produce these guys are we created that no, culture no, they, they are in that's sl- because of white no, people no, no, they, they, what they, bad they, white people they have are, done this they are no bad Democrats yeah. they are they are enslaving themselves in this video 
That that's self enslavement right there. That that's putting. Well, that, I th- want them to be scholars. Unfortunately, right. that's not scholarship. And, I agree. And the reason why I call it self enslavement because it is their own soft bigotry of low expectations. They know Bruce Franks knows, Anthony knows, all these guys know that standing outside this gas mart, yelling at cops, uh, barking at a BP station that has nothing to do with the story. They know. That's not helping the black community, but they do it anyway because all they want to do is put on a show. Exactly. All they want to do is do that, but they don't really want to help. So in, in, in their own way, they're holding other blacks down by behaving in this manner and barking up the wrong tree, attacking police officers, attacking innocent store owners, and making a big deal out of it when, when otherwise they could be constructive – uh, in the manner that at least we talked to. So you mentioned college, great. Choose that if you want to. I, I, I'm mentioning the, the trades and ro- robotics and coding and all those kinds of things. That's another answer. But the reality is none of that discussion is happening outside Not there. of uh, Not there. Out in no, 100 degree temperatures with Anthony, yeah. Anthony Shahid screaming at the yeah. top of his lungs. But let me add to that that Anthony does go into every day classrooms and, and sits down with young people – young black kids, because he doesn't care about the white kids. He cares about those black kids. And he goes in and he tells them, listen, you had better come to this class, take it seriously, do what your teachers tell you to do, go to college, progress in life, get out of this mess. He does tell them that, and he tells them every day. But then those students see the mess he creates there. No, so they, they're, they're, yes, not, they do. they're not that The same kids that, that he goes and talks to, to oh, yeah. yeah, the same kids that he talks to, they go on Facebook and they see him yelling well, and screaming and causing up a rocket. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anthony Schick, yeah. he, he can do better, and, and I think the black leadership can do better. I think the elected black officials can do better. And Bruce Franks Jr., it's, it's sad to see him out there, although I did see him walk away. And I wonder whether that was because he was – because Bruce Franks Jr. is not a violent person. Not at all. And so no. I think he was a little bit uncomfortable with what was going on there. So I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. But still, uh, something needs to be done, but this isn't it. And, and, and to get the sympathies of people who matter, you're not going to get those sympathies by doing the wrong thing, attacking the men and women in blue – and attacking innocent business people who have nothing to do with the reason why they're in the lot that they're in, the black yeah. community and, that is. And, and, so, and Anthony is an anti-police, by the way. I mean, that that's not it at all. In fact, he's a strong supporter of a friend of wait, yours, wait, 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 wait. and that's John but, Hayden. Right, but but Anthony Shahid, and I got to go because we, have, uh, we sure. have another guest in here regarding uh, another swamp issue. But still, uh, Anthony Shahid was the one you told me invented the hands up that's true don't shoot that thing. is correct so that, if that there's nothing more anti-police than the hands up don't shoot lie no because the again look one of the most, biggest lies most, ever most police are terrific i'm sure i i believe that most police just like teachers who get mistreated all the time police co- probably get into the profession thinking we're going to do great things for people. We want to help. We want to serve. We want to do good. But there are some bad guys out there, and they get away with a lot of horrible things, shooting people who haven't done anything, who okay. have no All weapons, right. and so forth. Enough. And look, Anthony is not against 
the police. He's against the bad guys. Well, and, and, and he's and he's and unfortunately, he doesn't seem to be in favor of progress, at least in his behavior on on these tapes here. So anyway, but we'll talk more. Yeah. Now oh, we Maybe always Anthony will. can come in. You he and Anthony will. can come in and talk. He'll come and and, and we'll, uh, we'll. He wants to talk, talk to about you. This. Sure. Yeah. And uh, Mark Hasten, as always, thank you. And I'm sorry I had to yell at you yesterday in the chat room. Wait a second. Uh, this place but, is called the Almond Studio. I mean, Radio what, Free what, Almond. Yeah. Whatever Almond says is what has to happen. No. And I, anybody that doesn't understand, no, that, listen, I was just, I was, somebody has to run things. I, <laughs> no, listen, or I was else just, nothing works. Right. I was just admonishing you for going into the room and then starting your own show while yeah. my show's going on. Yeah. And I did, and, and that just, you know, just lathered me up. I was just telling you, you just gotta you're, be careful you're, about you're that. You're supposed to be lathered sometimes. Your show. Sometimes anyway, we, and we can't wait for you. I think your show, you know, I honestly believe your show is going to be a good one. Oh, it's uh, going to be we, when we get it started. Wait till you'll, you'll really no, enjoy I'm, it. I'm looking forward to it. I really you, am. You will. I, and I, I've known you for a very long time, and I like you very much. You're a good guy, and I appreciate the fact that you're on the show, and uh, I can't wait to get your new show started. But thanks for the viewpoint. But uh, <laughs> Right, I get it. Nice try. Yeah. Let's put it that way. Okay. <laughs> I'll see you again. All right, brother. See you, man. Okay, Take guys. Live from the Discovery Design Studios, discoverydesigninc.com. Yeah. Light plays electric face. Plays it with finesse and grace. Set on a porch, ain't got no shoes. Picking the bass and singing the blues. This old dog sings harmony Tambourine tied to his tail You can hear him moan, you can hear him wail Ladies and gentlemen, Radio Free Almond, live from the Discovery Design Studios. And uh, yeah, nothing wakes you up like a little Waylon Jennings, man. Golly, I was listening to this. I was in a Waylon Jennings loop last night. Man, it was a great song, Clyde. Clyde, people, come on, dude. Great guitar playing on this one, too, man. Come back in, Stevie, if you want to. Are you afraid of Waylon Jennings? Or are you afraid of Sonny Wilson? <laughs> no, who's afraid of Sonny Wilson? You know who's afraid of Sonny Wilson, people? People who are doing bad things within the Missouri Republican Party. People who are adding a certain level of swamp juice to the U.S. Senate race. I had the pleasure of meeting Sonny. Sonny is Steve Church. Uh, Hi, Sonny. At the Cortland Sykes event. And Cortland's a great guy. And I don't want to mess this up, though, Sonny. Are you now... Uh, the campaign manager for Cortland's I'm campaign? The chairman. Chairman of the campaign. Chairman. And Cortland Sykes, as I told him even when we were at the event, and and I've told Tony Manetti the same thing, I told all the other guys the same thing, 
don't think, don't buy into this idea somehow that everybody running, they're all going to split their votes and Josh Hawley's going to win. That's not a foregone conclusion. You could win this race. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we're actually gaining so much momentum right now. It's incredible. People are coming out of the, you know, supporting uh, Cortland that we're supporting other of the candidates because they see that Cortland is the only one that actually has a chance to be Claire. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny because the media is part of the swamp, in my opinion. And I don't want to reflexively bash the media, but I talked to Cortland about this and all the other guys, and they, they, never, they never get interviewed. No, no, it's by a total, anybody. They, they shut them out. They, block, they shut them out. And they do it on purpose, too, because the establishment is actually controlling the media, keeping the blackout. They, yeah. don't, they don't want them to have any time. Well, and you know what's interesting, too, and Cortland told me this as well when I talked to him, and it was my understanding that even 97-1, at one point, I think they interviewed him on one of their shows, but basically they don't don't even talk to him. Exactly. And, you know, this story that is coming out uh, that that I've been breaking – it comes at a heavy price. Yeah, it does. Because I'm I'm, I'm fighting back not just for the Missouri GOP but the RNC – and let me tell you, they are, they are not holding back anything. We've been already been threatened legally, uh, everything else. Uh, you know, like the Danforth, you know, said who, anybody who goes against Josh Hawley yeah. does not have a political career no longer in Missouri. John, John Danforth, who was just, I mean, un- unbelievable how horrible he was to President Trump and how he had n- the interests of conservatives uh, not at heart in any way, shape, or form in his approach to the presidential election. And I still don't think he has interest of Missourians in, in the approach to the Senate no, election. No. But so Sonny was on. Uh, ben Murphy is the one. It, we talked about this a while back when Ben Murphy and Jennifer Byrd were in mm-hmm. and about how these people, a lot of them were never Trumpers, by the way. Who decided they were going to go ahead and unilaterally decide that the national money, everything else was going to go behind Josh Hawley. So Ben had Sonny on a Facebook interview, what was it, a couple days ago? Yes. A couple yes. days ago, and it's a great one. I think uh, – America First. America Mo. First. Com. Yeah, Mo.com. You can see it there. It was, And we're talking about the same things, but still it was an interesting illumination. Uh, you know, what was interesting is that we actually had Ray Bozarth actually watching it live, <laughs> yeah. and so Alex Meyer – and they were not happy. Immediately got a text from them right afterwards. Okay, so I called, I, I called Alex out on this. This is where the conflict of interest is. His wife actually works with Josh Hawley's campaign on the fundraising side. Can you believe wow, that? Is okay. that not a conflict of interest? Yeah. So it is. take us back in case people missed not only the Facebook thing, but also when they missed that when Ben Murphy and, and Jennifer Bird were in. So what, what exactly went down? And why is this so egregious? Well, this is how the program started. It came from the RNC. The RNC developed this app called Advantage. And Advantage, they also built this uh, uh, leadership program to actually get volunteers in. Um, It it comes from like a national team leader. Then they get the volunteers and they build a team out. And what they were doing, they were data mining, which we were fine with. That's why I signed up because it was great. Because we had a short game was to beat Claire McCaskill, and long game was to have the data ready to go for 2020 election for Donald Trump. Now, what they told us was that we were going to provide this service to all the candidates. And that's where things started, but we never had the ability to really get the Senate candidates in. Because they first said, well, we can't talk to them, can't talk to them. They, wrote, they started approaching us. And this is where it, it really changed. So I was able to push back a little bit and actually get the access to these, you know, Senate candidates. 
say like Tony Manetti, uh, Cortland Sykes, Peter Pfeiffer too. And once about two weeks into that, they started realizing that Josh is not going to win. And the data was not in his favor. That's why they stepped in trying to get the state committee to endorse Josh Hawley. And they said they couldn't do it because it's Rule 11. Rule 11 prevents them from doing it. Right. So when they didn't even come to a vote because they said, no, we're not going to do it. So they went to the executive committee. This is where it leads up. So the week leading up to the 4th of July, they told us they're going to give us off Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. We're shocked. We're like, During the campaign, they're going to give us that many days off. Is because they already had it set up that they were going to go to the executive committee and put pressure on them to get them to eliminate the rule. Not really pause it for temporarily so the funds could come out. Because they showed a, a poll with uh, Josh and Claire showing that his, you know, his numbers were high. But I can tell you this. Depending on where you get the data to do the poll, Bugs Bunny could be Claire McCaskill. <laughs> right, right. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, it doesn't yeah. take much. Now, if they would have really been fair, they would have listed all the sitting candidates to see who actually really polls the best. But they didn't do that. So if they would have provided our data that we gathered, I think things would have been a lot different. And I, I, I tell you what, a lot of the executive committee right now, they, they feel like they've been deceived because they were told Josh is the only chance. No, Josh is not the only chance. Josh will lose. There's a lot of information out there that could be very damaging for him. And, you know, the rumors have always been circulating. We, we know the other side does have it. And when it does, it's going to be embarrassing so, for, for, for the president. The, yeah, certainly. And, and those rumors, I, I know that Ben talked a little bit about them. And, and you know, you obviously hope that that's uh, not the case. But, oh, well, well, we'll see on our own about that. But the suspension of Rule 11 – they that was another unilateral decision that was made. They just simply just the RNC said they didn't care what the Missouri's voters thought or anything else. That's why they did it. This is where it's a rigged election. It is rigged. I mean, it's the same thing that Donald Trump said. Same thing that Donald Trump was going against. It's the same thing here. You know, Josh Hawley, he was a never Trumper. He was not a fan of Trump. And the, the establishment behind him is the same movement that prevented Trump. Make no mistake. It is. It's here. The deep state is here. Yeah, and and you know, and the and the fact that he was endorsed so fully, it was interesting because there was a mix of people urging him to get in, like the Jane Cunninghams of the world. She was on the same list, and Jane has a great deal of uh, grassroots conservative cred. So that was a little confusing to me, but the, the, the fact that Danforth was the lead guy was hugely disturbing. In fact, mm-hmm. I remember trying to ask Hawley about that, like, how are you – navigating this thing because people are not happy in any way shape or form about uh, about the fact that you're tied to john danforth the consummate never trumper the one from missouri Mm -hmm. who put together a op-ed that was so disparaging and insulting to donald trump it was beyond the pale it was it was almost as if he was hoping that hillary was going to be elected exactly. i mean exactly you know the thing about this too you know mike pence is actually him and uh Greitens, you know they they were have a close relationship so actually you you got to know that vice president pence probably is not wanting to be on stage with with josh because how he personally attacked his friend right exactly now here's the other confusing thing because i remember Cortland was in the audience tony was in the audience and I believe uh, Austin Peterson was in the audience. It was when President Trump was in town for the rally. Mm-hmm. Uh, or was it in Spring? It was in Springfield. Springfield, Missouri. 
Well, I can't remember. It was it was in or either that or it was out in West. I can't remember where it was. All I know is that President Trump comes out and Hawley's there and talks about Hawley being the next senator from Missouri. And most of us are like, uh, you're talking about when it was in St. Charles? Yeah, it was St. Charles. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. St. Charles. Yeah. I was there. I was yeah. actually, actually, I was sitting next to Ben Murphy. Actually, that's uh, the first time we met. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I knew uh, his, his niece, Holly. Oh, yeah, right, right. Okay. Exactly. So that's Holly. where I was at. Yeah. So, so all of us, I mean, our jaws were dropping because it was like, um, who, who told you that? And you were did, so early in the race. Oh, it was. Yeah. And, 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 and did anybody tell you that there were other people in the race that were certainly formidable candidates? And in the crowd. <laughs> yeah, and in the crowd, right. Think, think about how they felt. Yeah, so do we and, – and of course at that time, I went on the air the following day and said, listen, uh, we all love how, how – we all love President Trump and we all love what he's done. But the very thing that l- led us to voting for President Trump is what will also lead us to not taking his recommendation hook, line, and sinker. I mean we're, we love President Trump, but we, would, we won't do anything everything he wants us to do necessarily. And I'm not quite sure he even He doesn't knew. know. He, no, he, yeah. I, I tell you what. He, he was misled. Like he, he runs his corporations. He surrounds himself by people that give him the best information, and he relies on that. Yeah. And it, it's not him. I think if he truly knew what was really going on here, how they are disenfranchising the voters in Missouri, he would think otherwise. And I'm really hoping that he gets this message. Yeah. All I'm asking for him to do is pull his endorsement and sit back and let the process happen. Right. I would like to see Rule 11 be reinstated. And let the cash flow stop now and let us have a chance. So how is this going to happen? Uh, you know, obviously uh, lawsuits are possible or whatever. Oh, yeah, lawsuits are coming. Okay, so on, you on guys are going to okay. On both sides. Well, why, why on the other side with a lawsuit? Well, they're, they're, they will be coming after me. I've already been warned. As I was For warned what? yesterday. Ray Bozarth actually sent me a text actually verifying if I received a phone call from the, their attorney. Wow. Yeah, because uh, the confidentiality agreement that I signed. But this is the part is this. If you're doing something unethically or illegally, that does not apply. Because the things that we were doing, we were, we were promoting ourselves as one thing right. and being something else. Right. It's not ethically. That's why I left. I could no longer do it. When, we were, when I was in the office, because I ran three different counties, I tried my hardest to bridge with the other candidates to provide those services that they were trying to prevent us from. Right, right. Because it was the right thing to do. You know, of course, you know, I'd always tell them, go, hey, look, I do have a favorite in this race. <clears throat> yeah. But I work with all of them. Sure. And I, I work with them very, I have a good relationship with Tony Minetti. Yeah. And even, we still even talk to this day. Yeah. And it's because they know what I did for them was to, to keep the agreement, um, to be honest and fair. That's all they needed. Need a fair shot. Well, now, Sonny, we'll, uh, we ha- all of these candidates have something in common, and that is that once again, we're back into the situation where we're fighting the swamp. We are. We're fighting the Trump haters, and we shouldn't be in this situation. No, all these guys are trying no. to wrest back control of their party or whatever remains of it and, and take it out of the hands of the people. They are. You know, and that's a shame, too, because this is. The story is just now coming out, and unfortunately, it's getting to the end. You know, I wish maybe I should have came out a little sooner. Yeah. But I really thought I could still stay in there and do a good job. Right. And actually help. I, I thought I had more of an ability to do a better there than outside. But not now, no. 
It, it, this is the time. Right. Well, that, I mean, that, that's certainly understandable because, I mean, for you to be able to have influence on the decision-making and that kind of thing, you got to be in as mm-hmm. opposed to out. Oh, I was definitely but, the renegade. I tell you that. You know, <laughs> people would always laugh. They're going, how did they let you in? You're such the rubble. Yeah. I'm not part of the establishment whatsoever. Right. Anybody who knows me, I'm, I'm not that way at all. I, I'll buck back. If I think something's wrong and, and the status quo I don't believe in, yeah, I'll, I'll push back. All right, so where are we then? Uh, so what's going to happen here? And and where has Josh Hawley been? What's well, he he's doing? like Waldo. Yeah, where's Waldo? Where's yeah. Joshy? No one knows. Yeah, I saw there was an interview on Fox that uh, they asked him a question. They go, "Well, I got to ask you a question. Are you campaigning?" <laughs> and he's like, "Yes, I'm campaigning every day on the ground." And I'm like, "Where? <laughs> where? It's true. Tell I mean- me." I mean, it's it's just so confounding and so frustrating. And I guarantee you, everybody here, even if and even if they are uh, the, even if they are supporters of Josh Hawley, I mean, uh-huh. and 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 it's not it doesn't make you horrible if you're a Josh Hawley supporter, but you can't possibly support this process. Exactly. If you were a Cortland Sykes supporter, you wouldn't support a process that just simply found a way to shut out. The other guys, Cortland wouldn't want to win that way. No, no. Because, I mean, even say that uh, some of this damaging information that's on Josh. I can tell you it's our campaign. I don't even know Tony's campaign. We'll, would not release that. We don't want to win that way. Right. We want to win, you know, fair and honestly. And that's what, all we're asking is for a fair shot, which we have not received. Now, normally, like you guys, uh, as much as you guys are rebels and you are renegades, you... Uh, you don't really speak generally off the cuff on important matters. So when I ask you about these rumors regarding Josh Hawley, you guys wouldn't talk about them if you didn't think there was some degree of a veracity to whatever's coming out. Yeah. You know, we have not got an official uh, response back from Politico if they have a story ready to go. Oh, really? Hmm. Yeah. I don't now, know if you guys have heard that. Yeah, yeah. Now, but see, here's the other thing, though, and, and, and this happened before, and this has happened before in races where they wait until the person is nominated exactly. or whatever. A day or two afterwards. To get the information yeah. out there so they could juicy lesson. Now, Politico, uh, although people have claimed that they're a balanced organization, I think they're no. more inclined to go the Democrat way. Exactly. Yeah. You know, I, I think what they want to do is embarrass the president. Right. That's exactly what they want to do. Say, look, look at the president, you know, uh, endorsed, and it's going to – it's damaging. That's why I want him to pull his endorsement. Right. Stay neutral. Yeah. Say, yeah. hey, let the process work out. Let's do this. So if Politico has the story, somebody else must have it, correct, or, or, yes. or not correct? I, 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 from what I was told, they even have a statement on Josh's side ready to release if that story breaks. But I tell you what – we really got to think about what is going on here. If we would have a weak candidate like that, why did they pick him in the first place? Right. Why? Yeah. Very controllable. Uh, absolutely. Now, let's put it this way then. Uh, also, if you guys know about this stuff, and if, obviously, as you pointed out, Hawley's campaign knows about this stuff, then the people who made the decision to suspend Rule 11 – and shovel all this money his way, they had to have known about no, this stuff. I don't think so. There, oh, you, they there's didn't. So, there's so many things to what they were presented, they didn't get the full truth. Because there's even some now, they're, they're regretting what they've done. I there, see. There's, there is a, a steam, they, they are moving towards a moment right now where I think we could actually get them to readjourn and actually reinstate it. 
Right. Because they, they feel like they were misled. Yeah. Because, you know, the poll, you know, no one told them exactly where they were gathering that information from for that poll. Yeah. And you know what this also reveals to a certain degree, Sonny Wilson, is that, is that we wind up in a situation where we realize that in the end, sometimes nominations and the political process, even though there's it, it might be taken out of the hands of other elected officials or whatever, there still is a middle ground game going on with people we don't know. Like, for instance, that list of people on the committee, I'd never heard of any of those individuals except for Christopher Arps's wife. But that's about it. I'd never heard of any of those mm-hmm. individuals uh, on the committee. And so it's weird to have all these people who you don't well, know. Well, they're who elected. They, yeah. You know, and, and that's going to come in November. And they're going to have a, a new new state committee. Yeah. And then those people are selected for the, uh, the executive committee. They're elected, both, though, by committees, correct? By other committees. The, the, no, the state committee is actually elected. Okay, yeah. So okay. We, we elect our who represents us. Right. And then they vote on who is – or they put in place on the executive, executive committee. Right, exactly. And then that's where like even Ray Bozarth, he is elected by that body. Right. But but still though, Sonny though, the people out there who are on this, who are listening to this and doing this right now, mm-hmm. uh, they didn't elect anybody making these decisions, correct? No, 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 no. The state committee is elected by uh, they're on the by board. the people. Yeah, by the people. Okay. The Republican Party. Okay, uh, right. right. So they okay. do represent them. Okay, okay. So you do vote for them. You you can change them out. Uh, so, so they can so, lose their seat. Okay, so 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 they're on a ballot at exactly. some point as as uh, oh, so we're talking about committee township right. committee people, yeah, those exactly. folks. Okay, exactly. okay, exactly. I'm getting it. I'm, okay. I'm sorry. I'm I'm really as much as long as I I've been around the block. Don't understand the process. No, I don't. That, and that's why they're thinking. Well, you know, the the state party has backed Josh. That's what people are. You know, that's the perception. Right. Right. And that's why what we really have is we have the RNC influencing our elections, state and local elections. Okay, I, that that and, just and is the money has flown in, and that's yeah. where they they'll tell you that you know I actually got a lot of backlash from them saying yeah. that we were part of the RNC. RNC has funded the program here, right? And I'm paid by the Missouri GOP, right? Mm. So that's where the, it's a little. And I actually took a screenshot <laughs> of my uh, what we it's called Crowd Scout. Yeah. It actually has my identification on there, and it says RNC Missouri. Wow. Because if they deny, I go. I got. I got the proof right there. Yeah, yeah. So, and we're worried about the Russians meddling in the elections. Exactly. We, I mean, we got meddling right here from yeah. from, from, from yeah, DC. Our, our, yeah, from from our own citizenry. It's JC. Right. Yeah, I, it's unbelievable. Well, Sonny Wilson, you're a brave guy. I know. I because, tell you what. I, I tell you, I I did this at a heavy price. Yeah, it is. Because one, I'm going to be the people's champion, or you know, politically, I have no career. Well, let's put it this way. I, I do believe that if you just look at the people who are listening to the show right now on Radio Free Allman and on the Facebook page and who saw America First Missouri's presentation with you, I guarantee you that even though it appears that perhaps these people can control your political career, the fact is we do. We do, exactly. And, 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 and so uh, we, we the people we the people do. Exactly. And so I realize for, for you who've been involved in all this and dealing with all these people and certainly people who seemingly have a lot of power and can text you and say, you know, oh, the yeah, lawyers are yeah, coming. Yeah. But, you know how that is. Yeah, yeah right. You know. but, but we keep in mind we elected President Trump. Exactly. So we've already proven that we can go we around. We can fight back to the establishment. Absolutely. And, you know, and th- this is the thing is this. They put their claws so deep in here, and they think they're going to be able to pull us off. Yeah. And I can't. But I'm not the only one out there that knows this. Every one of us who worked in, in those offices knew 
that it was really for Josh the whole time. Wow. You know, you, you've kind of joked about, oh, we really know this is for Josh. Yeah. And then as you start to realize, oh, it, it really is. Right. It, no joke. And keep in mind earlier, if you all are just tuning in to the presentation here, Sonny said that there was really – even though there were people who thought, well, of course, because Josh is the attorney general and President Trump has shouted him out, and of course he's the front runner, all that kind of thing. The fact of the matter is you guys had evidence that he was not the strongest I candidate. I was at doors asking people, and they said, yeah. we don't like Josh. Because <laughs> a lot yeah. of them didn't even know who, who was running in this race. Yeah, yeah. And <clears throat> the ones that actually knew Josh, they were, like, they were upset about the governor. Yeah. And I really think that's right. Th- th- this is this is the part where they don't realize they are going to cost. Uh, the election is going to be heavy. What say if Josh, for whatever reason, wins? I think you're going to have a protest vote. People are going to stay home. Yeah. And we're going to lose seats right. in the state, representatives, that should win but won't win. Right. And, and it's a heavy price. It is. And we it, got a super majority right now. Right. And you say that, and it's disappointing only from the standpoint of, well, yeah – but if you're conservative and you know what's at stake, staying home is just not an option. But the reality is that people are people. People have principles. And it means, honestly, if you're in a situation where – Principles, exactly. That's why, I could, that's why I had to leave. Yeah. You know, I, I really couldn't stay there. It, it just uh, it sickened me. Yeah. It really did. You know, because, you know, I have four boys. And, you know, the, the part that really brings it to home is – that when you tell your kids to do the right thing, no matter what, you know, I'm, I'm leading the example. Yeah, right. No, no doubt. I mean, that, that really, that absolutely is true. I've, I've experienced a little bit of that myself in terms of trying to model for the kids uh, in, in some ways after certain circumstances turn a certain way. And I do have to tell you, though, I was a little concerned because here's the deal. Uh, I like Mike Parson, the governor, mm-hmm. and you know I want to be I want to be behind him. I want to I want to I, I hope he succeeds. I, I really think he might be able to do a really good job and unify people. Yeah, I do too. And and so that's why it concerned me a little bit when they had that picture where he was meeting with everybody. Mm-hmm. And it was where he had a meeting with all the the congressional delegation. Let's put that with DC delegation. And I looked at this picture, and I'm like, "There's Claire McCaskill sitting right next to him." And and the, <laughs> the headline in the post said, "Claire McCaskill and others meet with Mike Parson." And it just so happened that the others happened to be Ann Wagner, Blaine Lukemeyer, yeah. and, and all the Republicans. And I'm thinking, "How did this happen?" I know it wasn't the governor's fault. But I was like, what? Photo op, yeah. That, 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 yeah. I mean, how did this happen? So, so it gave me this indication somehow that there were some people, perhaps uh, not only in the mainstream media, but also some people in the Republican Party who are kind of quietly saying, well, if Claire's elected, so what? We can, you know, we don't have to worry about it. Much like there were never Trumpers who thought I don't it was know so okay. much about Ann. I know. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, no, no. No. But what I'm but saying. Bless her heart. She's great. I love her. Yeah, yeah. But but what I'm saying is I, I, I am – I'm convinced that there were some people who were kind of like, oh, well, you know, uh, I guess it's a foregone conclusion. But I really – that's what – that picture concerned me because I thought there was something underneath the whole thing. And if I'm Ann Wagner or if I'm playing, I'm going, hey, hey, hey. Yeah, don't take that. Getting back, you know, <laughs> there. But, I mean, they're, they're too polite, obviously. You know, but- Jamie, this is one thing is this. There is only one candidate. I know, of course, I'm going to say this because I'm the chairman of his campaign. But, actually, Cortland's the only one who can win. He is it. Because – the reason that I went on to his campaign, I could have left and just blown the whistle. The reason I won, day one, Cortland was the only one 
saying about the deep state and what he was going to fight. And that's what we have in Missouri. And Cortland's the only one. Yeah. And he knows a little bit about it, having actually been been in it that to a certain degree, like being in where the deep staters exactly. all lie. You know, well, he's an intelligence. So yeah, he, right. he knows where the, the yeah. skeletons are. Right, he knows exactly. To go after. Yeah, and that's interesting. Just just the way things have worked here, and all all of the people who listen to Radio Free Allman and who are on the on the on the show and who support all the other candidates, at the very least, uh, were pleased to have Cortland out. And about and presented on this show uh-huh. and in other areas there because in, in the forum that America First Missouri had was a hugely important one. It wasn't as much a debate as it was a forum, right. but that's where a lot of people even first saw Cortland right. in a in an event like that. Once you meet him, people immediately are drawn. They're like, "Wow, where have you been?" Yeah. Well, because they've they've kept him away from the media. Yeah, he's yeah. had no opportunity. Yeah, and that, that's been the saddest thing of all, regardless of who you support. The fact that these candidates haven't been able to – I remember talking to Tony mm-hmm. and Austin and these guys. Austin gets – the only attention he gets is when he does something with a gun or whatever. <laughs> I uh, know. But, you know, I mean – but but that's but that's true. I mean, and, and, yeah. and why is it in, in our Missouri media, why wouldn't you be interested in talking to these other people who – those of us who are voting like? Exactly. You know, I mean, you, got, you got to get it to know them, but you know they they pushed them out. Yeah, no you doubt know, they, they did this. But the thing is, this you you would think that Josh would be out there, but like again, he's like Waldo. Where's he <laughs> at? He's you, you can't find him. Yeah, you really. I mean, it, it really is so true. And uh, Sonny Wilson, listen, forget about these guys who are who are making threats to you. And we've got your back. Uh, hey, I for appreciate sure it, on- guys. I really do because I tell you what, I, I need your support just like Cortland does too because they are going to push back hard. Yeah, and, they and really are. And listen, these guys are – these people are working hard. I mean, Cortland, I asked him, how are you getting around, man? And he's inside – he's like in an escalator or, or, or a blazer or whatever it is driving yeah, around like, the yeah, countryside. He's, like, he's all over the place. I yeah. tell you what. I mean, he's covered every, every square inch of Missouri. I know. You know, yeah. every day. I think he pretty much him and Chanel live out of, out of that escalator. Yeah. I, a, a Senate race is really hard, it especially is. if you don't have – an airplane. <laughs> I mean, or a helicopter. Or a helicopter or whatever. I mean, hey, anybody wants to donate the helicopter to the campaign, I'll take it. I know. I, I'm with you, man, because, I mean, obviously, maybe, you know what? Uh, Fox 2 has has one. Right. They have a boat, yeah. too. You can use that one as well. Hey, the Cortland Sykes can use them. Go, go up to <laughs> Mississippi in the boat. They're not using That's that classic. Yeah. Aqua Fox. All right, Sonny. Thanks for coming in, <laughs> hey, man. Thanks a lot. Really, I really appreciate honestly, it. appreciate you making the effort to actually be in the studio because I think people really do like uh, – that and 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 like to be able to see you, hear you, and, and it's much clearer. Yeah, like I say, there. come out there and support Cortland. You know that's what we need. Everybody to come out and and be be aware of this. That Josh is not the only candidate. Cortland is the one that actually can win this race. And I tell you what, we're we're building so fast, we're going to surprise people because we are going to make election history in Missouri. This is we a, this is a great race, and and it's. And it's very pleasing to me as a conservative seeing all like all these strong people in the race. And Cortland's been a great guy too because, you know, I talked to him and I think he he and Tony hit it off together when they oh, were those at two the, actually have a good relationship. <laughs> yeah, they, they do. do. You know, that's it too. You know, I even told Tony uh, a couple of days ago that I said, "Hey, when we win this race, I said." Can you, I have your support? He goes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We're good. Yeah. Like I said, we got to be clear. Right on. We will. All right, buddy. Hey, thanks hey, again. Thanks a lot, nice guys. to meet you. Thank you. Uh, well, I met you at Cortland's thing, but yeah. nice nice to actually have a have a, a longer discussion with you. All right, you. guys. Yeah, hey, thanks so much. All right, brother. See you guys. Take care. 
Sonny, what's that website for Cortland again, by the way? CortlandSykes.com. CortlandSykes.com. S-Y-K-E-S.com. Facebook, too. Cortland Sykes. Okay, Facebook. All right. All right, we are live from the Discovery Design Studio. DiscoveryDesignInc.com. Appreciate you all. We'll be back in just a second. everybody, ladies and gents, people of the Americas, take my vitamins, you like the urge, love them. Steve Ewing's a great guy. Does he still have his hot dog place? It's right there in Dogtown, correct? Oh, he's two of them. Steve's a great guy, man. He's a wonderful dude. So thanks for the music, buddy. And the urge. <laughs> the urge is great. These guys, they have, they have when they have their little reunions and things, it's, uh, it's fantastic. It's awesome. So I saw this interview. People have had questions about Rudy Giuliani, you know, and people have been kind of nervous about him and his representation of President Trump. But I actually think Giuliani's doing a pretty good job. And he was being interviewed by, what the hell is this guy's name again? Damn it. He's from, the, he's from that uh, mobster-like family in New York. Uh, yeah, actually, his mom is old friends with Trump. Um, Damn it! What's his name, people. I, I'm 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 kind of just now trying to get get around my uh, <laughs> his Cuomo. All right, Chris Cuomo. 
God darn. I'm, I'm actually, I thought I've been doing a pretty good job regarding jet lag and stuff, but I don't um, feel I, uh, I think I'm, 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 it's catching up with me just a little bit, but, uh, but nonetheless, forgive me for my lapses in the synapses. <laughs> So Chris Cuomo, actually, you know, in, in, in contrary to what you think about Chris Cuomo, because I think he's a turd ball, but but he did a pretty good job with Giuliani, a pretty fair job, and I've come to the conclusion I think Cohen uh, Cuomo has an issue with women because when he interviews Kellyanne Conway, he's really pretty rude. There's something going on there underneath. Right, his skin when he interviews Kellyanne Conway. Do you think? Yeah, there's a New York thing there too. I a New York male undertone that he respects. He's not going to versus another New York. And he's probably known Giuliani for a long right. time. Giuliani people forget. Well, they, maybe they don't forget that he was, uh, that he was a premier federal prosecutor and I'll knew never his forget stuff. Trump was on the phone with Cuomo. It was, I think the, uh, primary is still going on, and you thought you're listening to a phone conversation off the air between them two because they're asking about each other's family and yeah. his mom, and yeah. yeah so, Trump, I, I, I love that. There's a there's a story out there running around, and if you just kind of uh, fi- googled it or binged it or something, it's about Trump's queen's accent and upbringing, and 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 why he talks the way he does, and how a guy from Queens is is very unique and and just basically how they interact with each other. It's a pretty fascinating article and tells you everything you know about uh, need to know about President Trump and his general attitude and how he comports himself because it's fascinating and I love it. I've, I was I instantly attracted to it in terms of his uh, prowess as a politician. And, you know, believe it or not, sometimes I was not always – I mean, I'd hear him sometimes on Stern or, or hear him complaining about people sometimes. I'd be like, dude, come on now, you know, and I, and I wasn't a big fan of the birth certificate thing. But nonetheless, uh, Trump is rocking, and I got a story to tell you in just a little bit about – and it's written in this mag- magazine. It's a great one, and, and it's uh, how uh, Trump supporters never tire of winning – and Trump detractors never tire of losing. It's a great little bit, but I'll bring you that. But anyway, Giuliani goes on the air with Chris Cuomo, Cuomo Prime Time, and he reacted to reports that Michael Cohen is willing to go ahead and tell Special Counsel Robert Mueller that Trump knew about Donald Trump Jr.'s meeting with Russians prior to the meeting and approved of the meeting by saying that Cohen had no credibility. And has been lying. And, and so Giuliani said Cohen's a liar. And the interview went very well, I think, for the Trump. Because this Cohen thing, okay, there are tapes out there. But if there really were damning tapes, I guarantee you we would have heard them by now. I guarantee you. Right. And uh, Peter says Trump sounds like a moron when he speaks. Yeah. Peter, you know, here's the, here's the problem is is you guys can say people sound like morons or act like morons or whatever, but these guys are kicking your ass. Yeah. So so you can you can say, say somebody sounds like a moron, but you know what's worse about that is the guy who sounds like a moron is wiping the floor with you left wing a holes, and 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 that must be 
definitely something that you can't stand. So, right. so he sounds like. So, what's great about this Peter Wyatt is he sounds like a moron, and yet he's humiliating you. all your stupid left wing heroes. So, put that in your pipe and smoke it, dude. Anyway, Chris Cuomo talking with uh, with. Giuliani here. With knowledge of the situation, tell CNN the president's former lawyer, Michael Cohen, says he may tell Robert Mueller the president knew about that Trump Tower meeting with a possible Russian agent, that he supported it, and that he therefore lied about what he knew thereafter. How does this, how does this affect what's going on with the probe? And how does it mesh with what we learned from the Cohen tapes earlier this week? Everybody's got a perspective of this. We have former New York City mayor, current counsel to the president, Rudy Giuliani, here with us tonight. Hey, Chris. Good Thank you, sir. Appreciate you taking the opportunity. What is your response to the headline? You did not look very impressed in the green room. <laughs> no, no. I expected something like this from Cohen. He's been lying all week. I mean, or, or for two. He's been lying for years. I mean, uh, the, t- the tapes that we have demonstrate any number of very serious lies by him back a year and a half ago, including his fooling people, hiding tape recordings, telling they weren't recorded, lying to their face, breaking faith with them, taping his client, which is a disbarable offense. I don't see how he has any credibility. I mean, this is basically if you had a trial, and there won't be a trial here, but if you had a trial, you'd say, well, which lie do you want to pick? So did you know that it actually is a disbarable offense to tape your client? That was fascinating. I didn't know that. Right. And so, Peter, who's the moron? Your buddy Cohen, who you say there are tapes, is is Cohen now going to be your little? Uh, what is this? The the let's. What were you looking for? Russia Gate, and now now they're now the left wing. They're they're clinging to to Cohen, who is not not only committed a disbarable offense by taping his client, now suddenly is on a landmine that only blows up when you get off of it. And so yeah, let's hear the tapes, and then let's see Cohen disbarred. Because how, how is it possible that a person who has committed a disbarable offense, and maybe even depending on, depending on laws regarding uh, taping of phone calls and that kind of thing and, and, and surreptitious recordings, how is it possible that a guy like that is going to have credibility in a courtroom? And how is it possible that a guy like Robert Mueller is going to take the words of Michael Cohen when Robert Mueller is head of the of a huge investigation and is a lawyer himself, how is it possible that anybody, any other lawyer who commits a disbarable offense, can be have any credibility? And again, if there's damning things on the tape other than what we know of to be conversations that basically are President Trump leaving messages. For for Cohen to call him back, or who was asking questions about this or with that, we'd see them by now. Because remember when Cohen and what's his face? Who is Roseanne Barr's husband again? Uh, Ex- former husband Tom Arnold. Tom Arnold, and they all got together, and Tom Arnold was saying, "Oh, we're going to blow this thing out of the water," and he never did. Yeah, you want to pick the first lie, the second lie, or maybe some new lie? There's nobody that I know that knows him that hasn't warned me. That if he's back is up against the wall, he'll he'll lie like crazy because he's lied all his life. All right. So the flip on it to do that to me, to tell me a lie. That's the media. You know, what's mm-hmm. the recompense to go to Bob Mueller and say he knew 
I was in the meeting. He heard his son, puts his son in the mix here also. The son told him he supported it. He says, according to our reporting, there were other people in the room. So this is something that Bob Mueller should be able to figure out, right? Well, the question isn't what happened in the room. The question is, what did the president know, as you said, and, and Bernstein said, what did he know and when did he know it? So it would have to be people in the room with the president right. that can corroborate uh, Cohen, which it won't be because it didn't happen. And uh, then it becomes a credibility contest between two or three witnesses who say one thing and Cohen, who says another. Assuming they say different things. I'm pretty comfortable about that. I'm not, I haven't had a chance to go back and, and look at all of it, but I remember it pretty well. There's no doubt. I, there's no doubt in my mind that he's just not credible. I would not accept him as a witness, as a prosecutor. If, if Mueller has any other kind of case, this is the kind of witness that can really destroy your whole case. Because they, uh, any finder of fact loses confidence in the case when you rely on a guy like this. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like when you rely on jailhouse snitches. People who have already essentially committed an offense who are now suddenly your witness and indeed even maybe your main witness in some event that you're investigating. And when that person has already done something that tarnishes and maybe even blasts away their credibility, then at that point, you're, you would never with any credibility come up with a case based on somebody who is already proven to be a liar Right. Or a person who is dishonest. You just wouldn't do it. And, and Rudy Giuliani knows that. And he's giving Mueller the respect of saying, hey, you know, I'm, I was a federal prosecutor. I would never rely on a witless witness like Michael Cohen. Never. In a million years. Wouldn't do it. Rely on a guy where before you finish with him, you're going to have such a string of lies. You, you just can't trust him. And you put him in this kind of pressure. And what's his history been? His history been lying under pressure. One step sideways for a second, and then we'll get back into the tapes, and I know that uh, you have responses prepared. The president says that he has an eye for talent, and he always has the best people around him. I'm sure you won't disagree with that when you're involved. <laughs> he put his trust in this man for years. He entrusted him with his most sensitive matters and said, I gave him full discretion to do things I didn't need to know. It's a fundamental aspect of the president's uh, narrative of what happened right. with the women. Why did he have somebody so close well, to him Chris, if that, the guy that's, 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 is so incredible? That's kind of part of the human condition, right? I mean, we all make mistakes about turn out to be disloyal to us. You know, Benedict Arnold was disloyal to George Washington, our greatest president, right? Uh, so anybody can Brutus and Caesar. I mean, you... You can go back to ancient classical literature and you can find people who you think you trust and they turn out to be scoundrels. I saw the president when the president first found out that he had been taped and the president was completely shocked. Oh, I believe that. And not a, he wasn't angry. You know, you know, President Trump can get angry sometimes. Mm. He was disappointed, almost like a father who's been betrayed by his son. That, and it, it was very moving for Jay and me. But he obviously believed that Michael Cohen was a man of good character who he could depend on. And who told him the truth? I, up until a few days ago, yeah. I think he did. I, he, he had no reason to distrust Michael. He didn't now, he didn't select Michael for government. I, you, know, you know Michael was bitter about that. Mm -hmm. That's going to be on tapes without getting into the detail of that. Did you hear that? Yeah. So a lot of what's going on here is you got a guy like Michael Cohen who 
is a sleazebag, and, and President Trump has been known to associate with sleazebags. Believe me, Paul Manafort is a great example of that. But you have a guy like Cohen who actually didn't want to only be President Trump's lawyer. He wanted a job in President Trump's administration and didn't get it. And that's where you had a situation. And again, Giuliani points out that's going to be on tape. That there were just, there was just, so then you then you suddenly not only have a guy who has committed a disbarable offense by taping, you have a guy that clearly is motivated by a level of revenge against a guy who rejected him for a job in government and, and, and in his administration. So then suddenly you have a guy who isn't credible on any level. Now, obviously, the content of the tapes will speak for themselves. But if there's anything outside of the tapes that Cohen will reflect on or talk about, there's no way he can be a credible witness under those circumstances. You have, that's two strikes against the guy. Right. And Giuliani, that's why this is such a great interview. And I think Cuomo did a good job with this because he's, you know, he asked the question. He's like, well, how are you calling this Cohen guy a liar now? after the President Trump hired him as his personal attorney. I mean, he couldn't have been that bad. But Giuliani points out, well, no, he wasn't that bad. But then things kind of started to turn because he didn't get a job in the administration like he wanted. And that that's ultimately provable. And keep in mind, too, the Trump campaign, they are the ones who released the news. They leaked the news about the existence of these tapes. It wasn't Cohen who did it. Even though obviously Cohen and Tom Arnold got together and were bragging about how they were doing this, but it's, it wasn't necessarily the, the Cohen people who released this because Trump and Giuliani, they want to get out ahead of this thing right. and, and basically say, Hey, Go ahead and, and report on whatever you're going to report on, but we're going to get ahead of it and tell you exactly what our viewpoint of the whole thing is. And, that's, and, and that ought to be able to uh, – then people can make their own decisions about what they believe and what they don't believe. Cuomo questioning Trump's ability to pick people around him, uh, as, and Giuliani nailed it on. It's happened to the greatest of leaders. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, Jesus, it, Caesar. Uh, I, yes. I mean it, it happens all the time. Uh, and, and there are lots of people who will present themselves as your friends and then stab you in the back. It happens every day. And, 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 and many of you have, have seen that in your own lives. It happens every day. It's very hard to – My ass- wife. <laughs> it's very hard to assess the character of people who have other motivations – uh, before you, I've I've run into a lot of that uh, post firing, and as I build the Radio Free Alma network, that there are people who were out there who were came across as as wanting to help me, but then when they didn't didn't uh, get their way about it. Because because they were they were the ones who said yeah all I want to do is really make this thing big I really want to help you out I really want to do this I really want to do that then suddenly when they didn't like something or some person who was also in the mix then they decided all that they were saying wasn't that big of a deal and so it, their true colors stood out but I've had, I've had a lot of people who come 
to me and who are purporting to want to help and do this, That's but a- then suddenly don't get exactly what they want and they go away. Well, and even or more they turn telling on me. Yeah, with prepared, quote, a file on you. I have a wife. Let, I'm going to go there. Okay, wait, a, wait, wait. Let, let me go here for a minute. Okay. Because th- this, I'm not going to be called people. into a courtroom, no. am I? Okay. Well, let, let Carlin do it. So I have a wife who was my best friend there to support me uh, behind my whole Channel 30 drama, the stuff I was dealing with. Yet the moment that she says, I want to divorce him, has a file a five-year-old <laughs> file prepared for her I'm lawyer. I'm laughing because it's so typical. Right. Yeah. But it, it's an indication of her character, yeah. not mine. People can be pretty shifty. But, I, no, but, but in your truth. own home. I know. I know, buddy. I'm, believe me. I know. It's, it's, it's crazy. So and, for Trump to put trust in an attorney, which he, by law, so there, there's legality reasons. There's business reasons why Trump trusted this guy and why he thought, well, I'm protected by the state of New York and its laws. If this guy wanted to try to screw me over, I'm protected. Yeah. So I mean, that, that, that happens to be true. And, and dude, you're, uh, my, my, my camera light was on. Oh. Uh, no, I, was, I, was, I, I think you're right. And I think there are a lot of people out there who uh, – yeah, I mean, and and so most of the people, I, I if I approached every relationship with cynicism and mistrust, I'd be miserable. So that's why I don't. That's why I don't, and and why I'm I'm certainly uh, okay with taking a small amount of suffering if I make a mistake. Uh, and so so I, I'm I'm more than because I'm not, I'm built in it in a way that I will. I will I will trust people before I mistrust them, and I don't think that's a terrible way to live. It just doesn't always pay off for you. But it, but no. I trust people before I mistrust them. Like for instance, when I uh, be like po- like previously to, uh, I'll give you I'll tell you a story about this, and I'll tell you the kind of the insight on the on the ninety seven one thing. Like for instance, in the run up to all this, and I think even some people who were in my immediate circle maybe even didn't even know what was afoot. But in the run-up to all this, now generally, if something were to happen, like for instance, when when Stacey Newman was doing, when they were doing all this kind of stuff, my, my initial f- reaction should have been to get a lawyer right away and have everybody at 97.1 deal with my attorney instead of me. Right. But because of I trusted them when they told me, no, we're going to take care of it. If something happens at 30, that changes the game, but we're going to take care of this. So no need for you to say anything on the air. Now, here I had a Twitter. I had a Facebook. I had a radio show. But I was told by these people that I should not explain anything, that they'll take care of it. You had, I would dare say, bigger, quote, Drama issues in the past say you took care of immediately. You yeah. would say on the air that of course. this paled nothing in comparison. Right, exactly. And I've even said things worse than whatever I said. So, so what, I, what I did was I, I, I kept quiet because they said, no, don't worry about it. We have your back and we've got this gone under control. The entire time they were doing this, they were typing up separation papers. Right. That, that, they, that were ready to go. 
in the event that Channel 30 did something. If Channel 30 didn't do anything, they weren't going to do anything. A wife with a file. Because they, 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 <laughs> they actually didn't care about the tweet at all until Channel 30 did. Then, then they did, which is why basically – and that's obviously that's, – that's provable on all levels and, and will be proved. But they didn't care about the tweet at all. Uh, they were they were concerned about the people who were complaining about it and all the bots and things like that, but they didn't care about it because they knew my audience wasn't concerned about it. So the people who didn't listen to 97.1 were the ones who were complaining most about it and are not listening to 97.1 now, and indeed they lost other people too uh, who listened to me before because they aren't listening anymore, so they've had to cook some books and things like that in, in, for the spring. But nonetheless, uh, they didn't care. And so, so the, the the fact that they fired me over it, uh, my contract doesn't say there doesn't have a clause in it that says depending on what Channel Thirty does, your contract no. is void. It doesn't say anything in my contract about that at all, which is why basically they're they're bent over here on this matter. But but they but again, that's where you can listen to people do this. But my instinct, my my. What I should have done was got a lawyer right away and just had them deal with my attorney because they would have pointed out uh, they would have pointed out that that uh, that they they would have essentially pointed out that that in my there's nothing in my they could, they would have fought it before that it happened and right. I probably would have been able to save the job at ninety seven one had I had a lawyer before that but I trusted them to to tell me what was up. Right and 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 to, and to have my back, and they didn't, and they didn't. As so. I've often said to you, if John Beck was still around, just another month, you would have been on the air, and you would have defended it, and it would have been over in five minutes. Well, again, that's the other point that we're making in yeah. our suit, and that is that uh, they told the FCC John Beck was still around. Right. They lied. Exactly. And he wasn't. And my contract was in the hands of Emmis, not Entercom. And so Entercom had no authority to do anything to me, even though they did. In fact, Entercom even faked a few things in papers and things like that 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 will come out. But so, yeah, they didn't have the authority to. And, and so that that's the biggest case too. Somebody Paula asked, "How's ninety seven one doing now?" Um, I saw some numbers, and there's just, there's a thing called a spring book, <laughs> and, and the spring book is April, May, and June. And so what they did was they just decided to when they presented their numbers in a public forum, they decided to just simply. Pretend there was no June, or no, the, the, pretend there was no April, and then pretend there were no adults twenty-five to fifty-four, right. and only focused on a certain group of people that they could zero in on. I mean, they, 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 they you could, you should see the the way they oh, yeah. juice the numbers, and, and I get it. I mean, I, I listen. I have. Um, a lot of those people over there, uh, I, I still like, obviously, and, and uh, still respect. And I, I don't wish ill on on anybody over there. I, I you know, I, but, I don't either. 
but but the reality is uh you know and, and and there were some people who I honestly still believe even though I'm told the opposite there are some people out there who did simply who did fight for me but uh, the 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 fact of the matter is that at one point they were basically told um are you an employee of Jamie Allman or are you an employee of Entercom and that's when they all got back in line right so that that's kind of how that worked with with Entercom uh and so it was it was the CEO of Entercom who basically made the decision and uh and and he did it for political reasons and that'll come out too yep so anyway but he, uh, so uh trust but verify that's Thank the you, way President to approach Reagan. It. But but again, don't. But but a lot of a lot of you, you don't live your life uh, mistrusting people because that's a, that's a hard way to live when you live your life mistrusting people. Because then at that point, you you never trust anybody because you're in, and, and that's a miserable way to be. It sure is. So I prefer to be trust, and then if I get get hosed, then it's my fault. Uh, but for the most part, it's worked out. Where my trust in people has paid off, as opposed to where I've been hosed. But on important matters, it hasn't right, always too. paid off. Now, I'll tell you, yes, Tom, Stephen Church, Tom Arnold, he tried to he, literally him and Bert Sugarman. Remember Bert Sugarman? Yeah. The Saturday, so um, Tom was literally standing on a street corner in front of the comedy store with myself, John Goodman, and a comedian friend of ours, Sarah. And he was listening to Tom or John and I discuss our baseball kids series. What do you think Tom Arnold did three months later and tried to put on the air with Fox Sports Net? What did he do, Stephen Church? A baseball kids TV series that was exactly up and down to me and John's <laughs> show. It didn't last six weeks, oh. but it was all. It, this was ten years ago. But it was just like it would. Oh, and someone told me. Tom Arnold hasn't changed one bit, sober, coked out, wherever his mindset is. He's the same damn leashed on Iowa idiot that he was 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago. Yeah, but you know what, though? Fly a leap. The great thing about what Tom Arnold does have going for him are his looks. (laughs) That's right. I'm going to play a good cha-cha-cha recording. Live from the Discovery Design Studio... DiscoveryDesignInc.com, people. We come back. You'll love this. It's an article entitled How Trump Supporters Continue to Enjoy Winning and how Trump detractors continue to enjoy losing, apparently. It's really a great one. I'll put a link up to it in the chat room there. We'll be back after just a tad, people. Okay? Just a second. It'll be just a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
ladies and gentlemen. Radio Free Almond. RadioFreeAlmond.com is where you can go for all the uh, wonderful garb, the hats. They still have the camel hats out there. Lots of those. They also have, of course, the tanks with the new colors in them, thanks to Gia Valenti. Of course, they also have the T-shirts. It's all tri-blend, people. It's not cotton. Not that cheap, cheapo, shrinko stuff. It's comfortable. You love it. Waiting for my evil Knievel-inspired RFA. What would that be? Your evil Knievel-inspired... Oh, you think I RFA get that? Lego. Yeah. I can I see it. Even in helmets. RFA motorcycle evil can evil looking helmets and shirts and jumpsuits. <laughs> T shirts. Yes. I almost put up I had a great idea to bring my Radio Free Almond bumper stickers, you know, with me. Yeah. And like stick them onto the leaning tower of Pisa. That would have been great. No, it wouldn't have been. I would have been shot by the Italian military. Oh. They were out there with big guns. I wouldn't have done it anyway. I don't deface things that way. But there's a lot of graffiti over there, man. Everywhere. Put it. Uh, put the RFA bumper sticker on uh, the Graceland uh, wall and gate. <laughs> I that, that's That would be vandalism. No, people... You should look at the gate in the wall at Graceland. It, oh. It, it, it's inviting Jamie Allman to put an RFA bumper sticker on it. Hmm. It will beg you to do so. Okay. Give me a chance to go to Memphis. Memphis is a very interesting town, by the way. Yeah. It is an an eerie kind of town to a certain degree because it's got, of course, the Lorraine Motel there where Martin Luther King was shot, mm-hmm. which still is in existence there and is interesting. Now a museum, correct? Yeah, part now a museum. Yeah, yeah. And then it's got the Sun Records place. Yes. Where some of the biggest names in music recorded. Then Beale Street. Mm-hmm the Peabody Hotel, where the ducks are all running around. Right. Then it's got Graceland. Yeah. And two, blo- two blocks away from Graceland, no man's land. And then a few blocks from there, then you have this beautiful Redbird Stadium. Yes. Non-for-profit, by the way. The Redbirds and, and the stadium operation. Memphis is for a small town as it is. It's got a lot going on. It does. Speaking of vandalism, though, did you see this? This is this is this is your um, this is your temper tantrum being left. By the way, so Betsy DeVos has and her and her husband had the temerity of owning a hundred and sixty three foot boat, otherwise known as a yacht, that is valued at forty million dollars. And was moored at the Huron Boat Basin right there in Ohio, in a northern Ohio marina. 
And basically what happened is somebody untied the boat. They, they untied the boat. Now, of course, you know, Betsy DeVos is Secretary of Education, and people hate her because she is for school choice and because she's a Trump appointee. And so the left, as it continues to temper tantrum, since they don't have anything else, like they'll complain about how the president talks or they will make up stories about Russia ties or sex this or they'll have strippers and whatever. They just can't – they can't – nothing can – they can't latch on to anything, and Trump continues to wipe the floor with them and will be reelected in 2020 in spite of anything they do. And so what do they do? They tantrum. They march. They burn. They deface. And they untie yachts. And so they untied the yacht, and boy, was this really bad. You know how, you know, do you know what the estimated damage to this $40 million yacht is? Could not. After they untied it? $5,000. Whoa. That's a buoy. So right now, Bessie DeVos and her husband are just simply digging in the folds of their couch and finding the money to repair their boats. I hope they had Geico. No, you know what I think they're also going to do is I think, uh, I think Mr. DeVos might just check the ashtray of his car. It's probably got a couple grand in there. Yeah. Must be frustrated to be on the left. It, it must be so. I mean, it, it's it's kind of like what we saw outside. And I'll I'll go I'll go back to this because we talked about this with Kaysen earlier about these goofballs standing outside of the convenience store and then deciding they're going to go on a convenience store march. That's that's what the that's what the activist blacks are doing. They're going to spend their summer doing now is is barking at foreign-owned convenience stores. That's going to be their movement this this summer is going to be their movement. The other summer, it was, you know, hands up, don't shoot. Um, last summer, it was Stockley, right, or something like that. Uh, and then, uh, no, no, last summer, it was the Confederate monuments, right? Oh, man. And then the summer before, was it Stockley, or was it all in the same summer? Uh, summer before was... Uh Another an anniversary of Ferguson. Oh, okay, yeah, the the anniversary of the Ferguson. Anniver- right, okay, so right. That was, so then it was so now what the group is doing is they're all moving from convenience store to convenience store and shouting and and crabbing at police officers over the fact that they don't own convenience stores and Haji and. Ping Po own the convenience store instead. And the reality is that there's a reason why they, they own those convenience stores. It's because the Democratic Party and its progressive economy has let you down and they don't care about you. And so you guys shouting and barking at police officers, convenience stores are missing the mark. You're barking up the wrong tree. It's your very own politicians who've let you down. You have no stake in the economy. And the reason for that is because the – Democrats have decided their best way of helping you is to stick a pacifier in your mouth and not give you a hand up, but give you a hand out. And that's why. Bingo. You know? And yeah, do I sympathize with the, with the people there? Absolutely. I do because I think that it's a, it's a, it's a hard thing for the black community to walk into small businesses and see them owned by people who parachuted in here three years ago. I understand that, but it's not the fault of the police. It's not the fault of the HP convenience store down the street from the place where this 
fourth degree assault took place. It's the fault of your politicians who have done nothing for you and President Trump ultimately will be the one to get you out of that. But if you, if you, if you, I don't want to sit here and, and, and repeat myself over this thing I, because we talked about it extensively with Kasem. All right, so how about this article? And this is fantastic in Town Hall. It's Kurt Slichter. I'll go ahead and get the link there, and I'll put it in the Facebook uh, place for you. But just check it out. And it's called Why We Never Get Tired of Winning and Never Trumpers get, Never Get Tired of Losing. And we saw this in Granite City yesterday with President Trump's awesome appearance there and the declaration that we indeed won the war over trade with the European Union. This pact that the European Union has signed with President Trump is ultimately going to help the American worker, manufacturer, farmer down the line. The only thing I do wish it included was was automotive elements, but that's coming down the line. You're going right. to take what you can get now and then and then work it out at, at a later date. But the reality is that President Trump basically won this battle and it was a victory lap taking uh, place in Granite City. And I'll bring you that speech in just a Some little bit. Some of it was goods that are related to the automotive industry. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and steel would be part of that too. Yeah. You know, but but nonetheless. So so this is the uh, why we never get tired of winning and never Trumpers never get tired of losing, and it's a great piece and it's it's and it's sweetly nicely humiliating uh, to the never Trump people. Here's how it begins. So that whole Carter Page FISA warrant thing really went well for the Russia Trump treason emoluments clause crew, not. Yeah, if you, if, how many times have you brought up the emolument? When you, when you talk to a lefty, that's all they're, they're sitting at the end of the corner bar slurring emoluments. Don't you know emoluments? It's like, yeah. Yeah, how's that going? The FISA warrant's probable cause consisted of the urinary dossier, which led to a Yahoo News stories and back to the urinary dossier in a perfect circle of hackery. It was less probable cause than probable fraud. Basically, the libs backed themselves into defending the notion that it's cool to use the intelligence community to spy on rivals because, of course, they should be able to use the intelligence community to spy on rivals because Trump is literally Hitler, as was Romney and McCain and all the Bushes, and as will be every Republican presidential aspirant in the future, regardless of what he has binders full of. Sounds legit. No wonder those of us who keep saying buy guns and ammunition because the citizenry needs to have a counterbalance to a corrupt established monopoly on force in society are now saying, so we told you so. And that's absolutely true. You guys realize the Second Amendment is there, and this is me talking, not me reading. The Second Amendment is there precisely for the reason we're seeing right now. Because the founding fathers, when they wrote the Second Amendment, were putting in a clause, the Second Amendment there, to allow citizens to defend themselves against tyranny. It wasn't there, and you've heard me give this rant before, so I'm not going to bore you too much with the repeat of it, but it's really not – the Second Amendment isn't necessarily there to keep us from being carjacked or robbed in our own homes. It's there to protect us from our own government. And we have seen this entire year the best reason for all 
to have an arsenal of weaponry in our homes and at our disposal. And it's because I'm not afraid of the hood rat on the parking lot of Deerberg's. I'm afraid of James Clapper. Right. I'm afraid of Hillary Clinton. I'm afraid of Barack Obama. I'm afraid of Nancy Pelosi. I'm afraid of John Brennan. I'm afraid of James Comey. All those people. More afraid of them than I am of anybody who might be lurking around a corner or in an alley or possibly kicking down my door. What is that, a wolf? Sounds or spooky. A ghost. It, it, it's fitting well to what you're saying. Or a siren. Oh. I don't know. I don't know. I've heard it. Howling wind. Somebody's. Yeah. Might be the deep state going after me. What was yeah. that, man? Huh? Oh, a motorcycle. A motorcycle. Oh. oh. Boy, I'm golly. That's scary. I'm afraid of everything. Yeah. See how spooky that was? That was. See? Even the sound of a motorcycle just ma- almost made me pull my, I, my gear out. But nonetheless, but that's, that's who I'm afraid of. But that's, that's why we've seen over the past year, and, and also uh, the media, and, and how easy it is for the media to concoct a story or to decide somebody's guilt before they are guilty. We are in a lynch mob mentality state here. We're in a state where all it takes is a verdict for mobs to hit the streets and start burning things. I'm talking about a jury verdict. That's why you need guns, people, because the mob enforced and supported by the government and supported by the media is dangerous. And you need to have every ounce of protection in the event that something happens or that they suddenly take hold. We are in a time in this country where the left and its adjacent media and government representatives are completely fascistic. They're, they're, they, we are just a beat away from the potential of a civil war in this country because of these people. Generally, for instance, Antifa, you don't have to worry about them. You don't have to worry about the, the, the hipster who is the a-hole complaining about President Trump's manner of speaking or whatever. But it becomes really a problem when these people actually have an apparatus to, to, to move Balls, and I'm talking about to move things in a direction where you have prosecutions and you have uh, investigations and you have use of intelligence apparatus, all those kinds of things. Then you start to get into a really dangerous mode where you have a president who is being basically harassed by a entirely sub invisible subculture of government which isn't so invisible now thank god but is invisible to was invisible to most of us before this and it, it's not the russians that you're afraid of it's your own it's your own people and i'm not trying to exacerbate a situation or create a civil war do whatever i'm just saying just the fact that you need to be ready is a good is a good piece of advice
Absolutely. We continue. It's like Groundhog Day with them. Every morning they wake up fussy and failing. And isn't that the case? Mm-hmm. They do. They wake up fussy and failing. How many times, I mean, what, what's the next grumble that you're going to hear from these individuals? I mean, what's the, what's the next grumble that you're going to hear from the news media or whatever else? They're addicted to being a victim. I mean, every time you turn around, now it's Michael Cohen who's going to be their savior. Michael Cohen's apparently going to take them to the promised land now. And that's going to fizzle out like every single one of your hopes and dreams have done since November 8th of 2016. It's going to fizzle. Yeah, so much, so much. Where are the vagina hats now, by the way? Where are they? I mean, I I thought that was a movement of some sort. Boy, they got bored with that pretty quickly. Hell, even the Me Too movement has died out. Oh, what happened? What, what happened to the to the uh, President Trump puts everybody in cages story? Where'd that go? Where the where the where the concentration camp protests go? Anyway, they wake up fussy and failing, and every night they go to bed alone with all their friends, having pushed the latest Trump did the worst thing ever meme only to wake up fussy and failing in the same Trumpian hell again the next morning. This is great. Instead of of being funny, they are sad. And instead of waking up to Sonny and Cher crooning, I got you, babe, they wake up to Beck singing Loser, and it's dedicated to them. (laughs) This is great. Look on the bright side, Never Trumpers. Your inability to sell cruises all ends in January 2025. I mean, unless Don Jr. wants to take a pay cut. Ouch. That seems to have made you sad. Maybe another Zima will wash away the pain. <laughs> There's a Zima reference. That, that's worth the price Beautiful. of admission right there. That's so on point. Where'd they, where, do they still have Zima? Uh, one of your big fans, uh, Trish Pelota. She uh, has been searching for it high and low, and then uh, somebody found it at uh, one of the liquor stores. There's still so Zima is still around. Yep, I remember falling in love with Zima once when 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 I I realized I could drink uh, I could drink like uh, uh, wait 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 do we get um, no we're good we get pulled off of Facebook nope okay. Uh, Zima, I remember one time I fell in love with it because I, I'm one night I like drank 17 of them or something. I did it at AJ's and- downtown. <laughs> did you? Yeah. Cause the bartender was so incredibly hot and beautiful and, oh, that and Zima just made it so easy. Gia Valenti <laughs> says that Zima's made a comeback. Yeah. I love it. Uh, so, but, but Zima, but isn't it still like. It, 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 because I think at the time, though, isn't it still like 200 calories or something? I, I, I like those. I, I like those new things. Those new. Uh, I generally, though, unfortunately, I I use such things as mixers as opposed to just drinking them on their own. Those little uh, sparkling waters that have liquor in them. Oh, I haven't had those. They're pretty good. They're like 100 calories a piece. I've been doing vodka. And water, and then the Mio. It's a little uh, flavor. Oh, those packets? Yeah, yeah, I've seen those. Yeah. It's a lot well, of work. I'm, I'm on week four of keto, so uh, it's helped. Keto? 
does keto pop out from behind doors and attack you? Oh, what are you talking about? Oh, that's a diet. The diet. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's Kato. Never mind. Kato. <laughs> Kato. <laughs> Remember those from the Pink Panther? Yes. Kato's great. I got him! Okay, so uh, so the packets though, why why don't just why, why what are those things? Well, they're the packet. It, it's I saw like somebody a, it's doing it at the Mio. airport. The one I use is Mio. It's a, they're like Crystal Light, but yeah, the, this, just two squirts into the vodka water, and then I got a zero calorie flavored drink, and that way at the bar I don't have to get for the high sugared uh, cranberry juice or the uh, orange juice or whatever it is. Hmm. Two squirts into the vodka, huh? That's what she said. Nice. So. You know, I but anyway, there's these sparkling waters, and they're pretty good. They're like 100 calories, and they're refreshing. But uh, calories, too but much. I might add a little gin to it yeah. here and there. Oh, of course, I've been known to do that. One time, I took but everybody 100 calories too, still too much for me. Uh, one time, I took everybody out to uh, the George Jones concert, and you didn't take me. This is back, no, and I I made margaritas, but the mix I bought was already a margarita. So I so I so I made so I added tequila and then I thought the mixer was just a mixer, but it was actually a bottle of margarita. No. So I was using margaritas as a mixer for a margarita I was making. So you can imagine the alcohol content of that baby. Heavy duty. Heavy duty, big time. Yes, indeed. That sounds like a good time. Yeah, it what it is. All right, so uh, yeah, it's it's sparkling. I forgot what it's called, but it's pretty good, pretty darn good. All right, so anyway, here after the Zima reference, here's the reality: in 2016, normal Americans rebelled against an establishment composed of liberal fascists in government and a hateful cultural elite, as well as their allegedly conservative kept boys who placed their personal positions and prosperity above the people's interests. Have you heard of Ben Sass? Have you heard of Mitt Romney? Have you heard of Jeff Flake? Those are the kept boys of the cultural elite and the liberal fascists in government. Those are the kept boys, as well as the entire staff of the National Review. Here's uh, – I got to get this guy on the air because he's got a new book, an upcoming book. As my upcoming book, Militant Normals, How Regular Americans Are Rebelling Against the Elite to Reclaim Our Democracy, recounts in the kind of clear, unrestrained prose that goes hand-in-hand hand with not having to be FCC language compliant – how the rise of Donald Trump was the inevitable result of a cultural war where our side was desperate for a fighter who would actually take up our banner and win. Remember how Abe Lincoln had to prune the deadwood in the Union Army before he could find a general to lead the fight against the Democrats the last time they tried to win a civil war? Oh, remember that? That was the Democrats, right? That were, was the Democrats. You remember that? The KKK and the slaveholders in the South. Anyway, that's just beside the point. That's just history, right? Like U.S. Grant, Donald Trump is imperfect, but he fights and he wins. Remember Trump's apocalypse Helsinki? Me neither. What wasn't that like a long time ago? What, you know, around 1 B.S.? Before Stormy. This guy's a great writer. Yes. I'm not the greatest reader, but he's a great writer. 
I like that. I like the one BS. <laughs> Great. Before Stormy. I can't seem to keep all the things that we are finally going to do in did we're going to do in Trump straight. Instead, his tally of wins just keeps growing. Felonia Milhouse von Pantsuit is stumbling about her empty mansion in her sexy moo-moos, <laughs> tripping over her empty crown royal bottles and her broken dreams. The economy is revving up. ISIS is revving down. And the Iraqis are hanging the few dirtbags we bothered capturing. Deregulation is in effect, while gun control isn't. On and on goes the list. At this point, Billy Joel could even turn it into one of his terrible songs. Oh, that, that, I'm going to have to depart from him on that one. I yeah, think Billy Joel's too. awesome. Mueller can't get evidence to impeach. The Dems' blue wave falls out of reach. Paris Accords go down the drain. Unleashed ice deals the pain. SCOTUS, Keystone, a big tax cut. Me Too bites Hollywood on the butt. We never tire of winning. You get the idea, and if you don't, go ask your dad who Billy Joel is. (laughs) Spoiler, his music was the inspiration for The Handmaid's Tale. Okay, we get it, dude. Stop making, trashing Billy Joel. Donald Trump was incorrect when he promised that we would get tired of all the winning. Well, not really incorrect since he was joking. No, we are not tiring of winning, not even close. Trump, unlike those foes he has vanquished, actually understands Americans. He knows we won't ever tire of winning because Americans consider winning to be our natural state. You, of course, could tell that because... uh, uh, it takes true losers to decide that they're going to untie the yacht of Bessie DeVos, and that's going to be They'll their show protest. her. It's a far cry from the uh, back in the day when they dumped tea, tea. into the Boston Harbor. Isn't it? That was back when you had real brave movement people. Now you just have a bunch of left-wing crazies untying yachts as their protest and taking down Confederate monuments and – making up stories and and deciding they're going to attack the way President Trump talks. Anyway, the final paragraph here. Oh, it's not the final paragraph, but because I, I, I love – I normally don't I, – I normally think reading articles on the air is death. <laughs> normally. Well, I know. Like when somebody – You used to call it the wall of words. Like somebody used to, used to call <laughs> up – Yeah, well, I, that, that was people – yeah. That was when people were right, and, and I, I finally just stopped using the teleprompter at, at the Almond Report because it was like I, I, there's, I could just talk this. I don't need to read. The, like I did call it the wall of words. He used to complain when some of these guys tried to write something. It was like, what is this wall of words? <laughs> and you're looking at me as you say it. Because <laughs> you were the executive producer. You know? I know. Go ahead, though. I, ben, I'm enjoying ben this. Ben McGuire points out, I think this writer knows Doug Giles or needs to meet him. Yeah, Ben, yeah. you're absolutely yeah. right. The guy's a great writer. But so, so normally reading an article on the air is death, but when it's this well-written and this easy to go ahead and recite, then I'm going to do it because it's fascinating stuff. The fact, as militant normals viciously and profanely argues, highlights the great difference between American normals and the elite that seeks to govern them. Normal Americans expect to win. They demand it because winning is what Americans do. We believe deeply that we are better than every other nation and culture on earth, largely based upon the fact that 
we are. American exceptionalism is the core of our identity. If you ain't American, you ain't Adam Schiff. This is not braggadocio or delusion. We are right to believe it because it's objectively true. Living abroad confirms it. And many of us normals have spent years abroad, mostly in uniform, cleaning up foreigners' messes. Now, I'm going to depart from this reading for a second and bring you back to a conversation we had with Mark Kaysen. And while I have, unfortunately, and, well, uh, I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm not bragging about this. I have never worn a uniform overseas. I have been overseas, and recently was in Italy, and that is where I discovered, in spite of what the newspapers say and everything else, that Italians, as part of the European community, actually love Americans. And when I mentioned that to a person who has served overseas in uniform named Jim Carafano, he absolutely, without any kind of prompting, confirmed it right away to me and said, oh, yeah, Italians love Americans because Italians admire Americans in their strength, and Italians consider themselves almost like Americans in their own strength and their desire for nationalism and beyond. And so they love Americans. And so... This, as this guy points out, living abroad confirms it, and people who have actually been abroad, and most of those people in uniform, know that most of the world loves America, and most of the people in it love Americans. That's just the bottom line. Anyway, I continue. But our elites, the snooty people who are supposed to, that's why Mark Cation said, oh, that's crazy. That, they don't like Americans. Mark Cason has no idea because, of course, he's never served over abroad, obviously. And I think when he travels, he goes to, you know, drum Florida circle. or Drum something. circles. <laughs> But our elites, the snooty people who are supposed to be taking care of our institutions and making them work smoothly for everyone else in return for prestige, power, and material remuneration, no longer believe in American exceptionalism. This is largely the fault of academia, which the elite controls, training future elitists that their own countrymen suck and that their loyalty should be to an unelected transnational class of like-minded snobs with glowing credentials but no track record of success in actually accomplishing the basic tasks that elites are supposed to accomplish. That's a good one. That speaks to our discussion about college. And that's why I believe that you know the true path out of the inner city and out of that group of people who are screaming at the police outside of a convenience store uselessly, those people, if they really want to help black people and black young people and white young people for that matter, send them to coding school right there on Washington Avenue. Send them to Rankin Tech. Send them to an apprenticeship program in the trade unions and you'll be able to help them more than sending them to Harvard or Yale or whatever other place people go to have their minds die. And, and Kaysen, and I, I'm not a big 
I'm not an anti-intellectual by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not an anti-college guy. But the reality is if you really want to get out of your lot, you got to avoid college in some cases and instead go to places where you learn a craft. I pointed out to Mark Case and I said, you know, I, I college, the only thing college did for me was damage my liver and cost me money. Most of my training all came in stuff that I did outside of college, actually to pay for college. I worked at a radio station so I could pay my tuition because I paid my, my own tuition. Nobody paid my tuition for me. And granted, it was a long time ago and was certainly less expensive than, than, than it, it, was, it is now. But I put myself through college. So, but, but I have to tell you, though, the fact of the matter is what I'm here now, nothing in college I learned, except maybe I read a couple of great books and learned a few things here and there. But for the most part, it wasn't useful. So here's the deal as he finishes up. And when the society that elite has so woefully mismanaged, predictably manifests problems, they don't look in the mirror and say, whoa, we're screwing up. We'd better do a deep personal inventory to correct our shortcomings. No, they blame the very people on whose behalf they're supposed to be running things. The elite can't possibly be at fault. It's got to be that America is flawed. And therefore, losing should be our natural state because Americans are undeserving of winning. Yeah? No. Now, keep in mind, this is the exact piece of meat you saw in the National Review when Kevin Williamson wrote the article that, to me, is representative of the true downfall and attitude of the Never Trump movement. And that was, he said, I can't remember, he said, white, blue-collar towns deserve to die. That was the elite. That was the conservative elite that you saw. Those were the people, and, and, and those are, that's the never-Trump attitude, is that it can't possibly be the fault of the Democrat or Republican Party or a political structure. It has to be the fault of that dumb, white, blue-collar worker who just hasn't worked hard enough and deserves to right. die. And, and so that's, these are the same people who denied the fact that we were involved in bad trade deals. These are the same Republicans who are like, wait a minute, you're, fair trade is a hallmark of conservatism. You can't possibly. Yeah, no, uh, fair trade, uh, uh, trade, Define it. Free, yeah. tra- no, free trade is the hallmark of conservatism. And as Laura Ingram famously pointed out, and as I have too, if it's not fair trade, it's not free trade. That's just the bottom line. These people didn't understand it. But that's, a te- that's essentially what the elites have done is they've said it's your fault, not theirs. Well, if we elect Trump, it'll be, end of the re- it'll be the end of the Republican Party. And you know what? Most of us are like, good. Because our job, we're not, we don't exist here to keep the Republican Party alive. If you want to go the way of the Whigs, go the way of the Whigs. But you better get somebody who is going to give us Republican Party 2.0, and that was President Donald J. Trump. I'll wrap up here. Pay attention, elites. We have considered your kind offer of decline 
and failure, and we have rejected it. Our counteroffer is that we shall continue winning. This is non-negotiable. See, we normal Americans like winning, so we're going to keep on winning. And anyone who doesn't like it can always try to bring the losing again tomorrow. Good luck with that. Meanwhile, excellent article. Hang on a second yeah. here. This guy is Kurt Schlichter. I got to learn more about him. But I, I will, let me put that in the, uh, Terrific. the Facebook uh, deal for you guys. So you have some news in the meantime as we speak about the economy, Stephen Church. Spiraling upward, uh, greatest movement since 2014, and Trump is now on the South Lawn as we speak, addressing the winning of the U.S. economy. So what, what exactly are the facts surrounding that, my friend? Uh, well, I can't hear. Well, you, you showed Trump. me an article while, yes, I, was, while yes, I was talking. I'm going, I'm going back to that wonderful article. From CNN, by the way. Well, at some point, the world's most important network better become the world's most important network. Uh, it's, U.S. economies rode into high gear, uh, growing at a fastest pace in almost four years. Second quarter economic growth came in at an annual rate of 4.1%. GDP? Yes. Okay. So... The reason why the – and I just posted the article, by the way, up there uh, on the Facebook, so you can check that out. The, the reason why the GDP is so important, and, and this was the very thing that they tried to tell us about regarding tax cuts. And remember, when they cut taxes and cut the corporate taxes, there was a effort at the time – uh, by the left to say, yeah, but you're stealing from the government by t- cutting taxes. You're taking money from the government and old people are going to die. And, and, and as Mark Cason one time pointed out, people are going to be eating dog food. Your mother and father are going to be eating dog, blah, blah, and, 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 the, and the people who were doing, and thank you, Matthew. I appreciate that, buddy. I, I know that we kind of dropped off on the face. We kind of do, we kind of hit a, people are going off, off to work, but we, uh, but, the the economists all said this. Uh, the the people who were helping President Trump develop his economic policy says said that yeah, but if you have a GDP growth four and above, then the tax cuts pay for themselves. And, and, and essentially, that's what happens is because you right now with GDP, what that shows is that there are there are their businesses are growing, and then you have more receipts coming in. Even though I don't like any receipts at all, but that's just the way it goes now with the 16th Amendment, which ought to be repealed, but it's a federal income tax. But when you have more people employed and businesses growing, you have more receipts coming into the coffers of the government. And that's how you can afford, so to speak. I can't stand that word when it comes to tax cuts, but that's what how you keep whatever you have currently going on and yet still give people more money in their pockets. Speaking of which, of employment, second paragraph from CNN, unemployment at an 18-year low. Yes. And black unemployment at an historic low. In fact, it's never been lower ever. And so, again, now you know why the left 
and all of the left's enablers in the media and enablers in the Republican Party and enablers in the Democratic Party continue to be frustrated because they don't have anything else. So they'll take up, for instance, for, well, like Nancy Pelosi did, they'll take up for MS-13, <laughs> you know, and, 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 and try to actually uh, – well, the one thing they have left is to talk about how mean Donald Trump is to, to gang members, illegal immigrant gang members. <laughs> He's mean to illegal immigrant gang members. Uh, and, and, and even blacks are like – um, what? I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> they should be able to vote. What's wrong? Yeah. What and what's wrong with that again? Yeah. So so they're they're coming up with with everything. And so as I pointed out before, that's why they're 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 desperately clinging to the life raft known as Michael Cohen, some guy they'd never heard of before, or or why they're desperately clinging to. Ozuka Kozaka Kurikio, or whatever the hell her name is, up there in New York, is the new future of the Democratic Party. Cortez? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> I mean, they, 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 these people, listen, don't, you're not fooling anybody. You didn't know who they were either, people, you left wingers, before this all happened. And then President Trump, a rather triumphant visit to beautiful, Granite City. A great victory, a victory for all of you, for this community, and for our entire country. After years of shutdowns and cutbacks, today the blast furnace here in Granite City is blazing bright. Workers are back on the job, and we are once again pouring new American steel into the spine of our country. That's winning right there in smelly Granite City, right, RFT, in that downtrodden crap hole of white people that you so hate, right? Yeah. Three years ago, the flood of subsidized imports and the tidal wave of unfair trade targeting our steel industry and, frankly, lots of other industries, it finally caught up with Granite City Steel. Yeah. Thanks to John McCain, Jeff Flake, Paul Ryan, John, uh, what's his face? The former speaker. Yeah. All, um, all. Cryer. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing him one time in, in the, uh, what's his name again? John what? Boehner. Oh, John Boehner. Yeah. Yeah. I remember seeing him, uh, I was down in the uh, congressional little area there with Ann Wagner when I was up in D.C., and John Boehner was sitting there with a... Uh, with a... Sunscreen. With, <laughs> with a glass of wine in his hand. And you know how when some people, you know, they're at parties and stuff and they've been drinking wine all night, their, their lips are like stained red <laughs> and their teeth are stained red and they've got like little... Pieces of red residue on the corners of their mouth from the dry cab. Yeah. That's what. That's yeah. yeah. That's that's that was John Boehner right there. Mm. Half the time when he's crying, he's a little inebriated. But oh well. And hey, I, Emily, thank you, baby. I, I appreciate uh, your kind words. I I always wonder, you know, uh, when and and thank you, Margaret. When I when I'm reading or doing whatever, but I 
this is I'm so passionate about this. I know you guys are too, and I could sit there and play you soundbite after soundbite and do whatever. But uh, we're talking about real things now, so I well, like that exactly. And the, yesterday in Granite City, I would dare guess eighty percent of them people are vote no on a type people. They voted Democrat 20, 25 years ago. So oh, they yeah. thought the Democratic Party yep. had the labor back and they were going to keep jobs in Granite City. So, yes. Excellent, excellent point because th- that's, you know, you, you saw it when Hillary Clinton came to coal country, <laughs> as you pointed out earlier, and, and promised she would kill jobs. That takes a lot of balls. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. for her to come down there. And, and then also, you know, it took a lot of balls for Rodney Davis, the congressman, to be here at this event when he was ready to go ahead and kill off President Trump over the Billy Bush tapes. Uh, when we had that story in the own report about uh, Hillary making that, I'm going to kill the jobs here yeah. in the St. Louis and I Southern. I can't Nevada. wait to kill off coal jobs here. And in the next story, Peabody announces they'll be removing their name from the opera house because they can no longer afford it. Yeah. Oh, I love the fact that uh, Coca in U City where the girls take ballet, there is uh, there was a took, took dance and there was a uh, sign up there. And one of them was the Peabody studio. And mm. I, I said, I said 90% of these people here at this Coca place probably hate coal, hate conservatives, and love Obama, the coal killer, and Hillary, the coal killer, and yet are more than happy to have their kids dancing in the Peabody studio. We continue here. Oh, by the way, uh, Margaret, did you, uh, Margaret pointed out earlier, because I'm convinced, I thought maybe I was losing my mind, but yesterday a story popped up. Where the Post-Dispatch went out and found the one lone Granite City steelworker protester of Donald Trump. And I guess it was up for a bit, and then I don't know what happened to it. Hmm. So if you guys can somehow – because I, I'm, I'm telling you, it was up in the afternoon, and then I searched around last night for it in prepare, preparing the show, and I couldn't find it anywhere. It it disappeared. So, if any of you can still find that story, it was the uh, it was sometime in the middle of the afternoon, about one or two, and it was like a headline: "Not everybody's happy with President Trump" or something. And it had some goofball standing there with an anti-Trump sign. And I'm telling you, for the life of me, I couldn't find any more on the on the page. But maybe I don't know why, but. and they buried it or whatever. Workers were laid off. Your two beautiful blast furnaces were idled. <laughs> and the lifeblood of this... Once again, I just... I, I pointed out this earlier. I'll say it again because it was early and some of you weren't on. But uh, but it, it, that's that's beautiful Trumpian language there when they... When, when he refers to blast furnaces, it's beautiful. Beautiful blast furnaces. Was drained. Only a guy who's a businessman could po- and a Granite City steel worker could possibly, or a steel worker in general could possibly. Oh, uh, Matt found it. Could you possibly describe blast furnaces as beautiful because they are to them. Over the last two decades, oh, yeah. nearly two thirds of American raw steel companies. Yeah, they they they, they found this idiot. Uh, let's see. Oh, here you want to hear him? Is this is a volume on here. Oh, 
Okay. I'll play him. See what he... It's an ad for Springfield again. <laughs> <laughs> Although... Uh, that, the funniest thing part is in the in the in the protests, those banshees in front of the in front of the gas mart. Right before you had the yelling and the screaming at the police, you had an ad for Springfield, Illinois. It was great. Here, I'll play this. Let me get a microphone. Oh, playing it again. Here, I'm going to skip the ad. There. Okay. Here, this is the this was the video of the guy, the protester, Mike Dickinson. Just in general against Trump. Now, you're a U.S. steel worker? Just in general against Trump. Okay. And, like, how people would think that a U.S. steel worker would be in support of Trump, you know, for for the things he's done here in Granite City, but that's I would be in support of the terrorists, but I I can't be in support of Trump because all the other issues kind of outweigh the terrorists, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this yeah. guy clearly is doesn't care about his all the fabricated well-being. issues outweigh the truth. <laughs> yeah, guy sounds like he's in, he's an empty head, but that's all right. He's a steel worker, though. Thank you, Matt. A, but all the other stuff, I can't, I can't. T- his Supreme Court choice, and uh, yeah, I agree with his trade. I agree with his econ- economic plan. I agree with bringing down unemployment. But all his other policies. <laughs> but, all, but all that fake Russia stuff, I just can't get past. All the other policies I read about in the Post-Dispatch, I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> all the other policies fed to me by Nancy Pelosi, I hate. I, I just can't get past uh, M13. I, I just, you know, I, I want to support illegals who want to vote. That's all that matters. I really don't need another boat. And my and my kids don't need to eat. No. Just as long as that Supreme Court justice gets blocked, everything will be okay. I don't want my local schools to determine their money. Yeah. Who needs another refrigerator? Like ours is breaking down, but you know what? I don't need a new refrigerator if it means that that guy is going to be on the Supreme Court. <laughs> Listen, I... I I, I I don't need to eat out once a week or go to movies anymore. I don't need that because you know what? Going to a movie and sitting in the movie, I can't take my mind off of Michael Cohen's tapes. <laughs> I tried to go see a movie the other day, and all I could think about was Michael Cohen and his tapes. Cohen, 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 Cohen. Cohen, Cohen, Cohen. And I, I can't go out to eat anymore either because while I'm eating at Applebee's, all I can think about is Stormy Daniels and that horrible man that he said about grabbing people by the pee. So that's it. I don't need to go out anymore, buy anything anymore, or anything. The same police that arrested her are the ones militarizing this entire nation. I hate money. I don't need money if it means that... <laughs> Russia is going to meddle in our elections on Facebook ads, emoluments. In Springfield, Illinois. (laughs) 
Oh. You say I I recall now you bring up Springfield, Illinois that uh Lindenwood, Webster, KU. What what ads they put in front of Melissa Click video? <laughs> I have a feeling that guy's going to get his ass kicked in the lunchroom <laughs> today. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if he actually works there. Yeah. Was he standing in front of the uh inflatable chicken? Yeah, well, we still found out what the inflatable chicken was all about because the people carrying the inflatable chicken, if it means that he's some kind of a uh, coward, these people, he's got, they're holding Trump's balls while doing that. He's got, he's got more guts than they have in a million years. Do you realize how much helium and toxic plastic was used for that uh, inflatable chickens? Is helium toxic? I don't know. That's what they say. <laughs> Well, it wouldn't change your voice that way if it wasn't toxic. They put regulations on helium, too. If you go to Party City, there's these regulations on helium and tanks and... uh, Yeah. Well, they tried it. They tried doing the helium thing with the Hindenburg, and that didn't work out. Blimps will be the future soon. Oh, never mind. (laughs) All the humanity. (laughs) Dick Ford actually knew that reporter. <laughs> he did. He, yes, he did. He Dick Ford met in his early, early days in his career. Met and worked with the infamous reporter, the radio report, as the Hindenburg. The Hindenburg has crashed. Right. The Hindenburg has crashed. It was oh. like in nineteen twenty something, wasn't it? Thirty eight, thirty nine. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I think Lindbergh was twenty seven. Someday, everybody will be traveling in a blimp. <laughs> Someday the future will be us. We'll we'll travel the world in a blimp. We'll cross the country in blimps. We will go around the world in twenty miles an hour up in the air. <laughs> It'll take us seven weeks <laughs> to get to Los Angeles from here. <laughs> Someday we'll have nothing to do but ride in a blimp. You know, I do have to tell you, though, um, just to keep in mind, if, uh, if you guys want to buy stock in an airline, I'd buy stock in Delta. Really? Yeah, they are the, they are the cat's meow, buddy. How, did, how was Lida's attempt at getting Delta to move to St. Louis? How, how'd she do on that big effort, the tweet? Well, how, well <laughs> why would they move to St. Louis? Because Lida asked them to in a tweet. She had a... Big 140-character uh, proposal to Delta to move from Atlanta to here. Yeah, please come, come, to, come to St. Louis from Atlanta so you can watch people scream at BP convenience stores. <laughs> come to St. Louis, where we riot over every little thing. <laughs> I mean, no way. They don't even have that down in Atlanta, that kind of crap. They, they, people aren't even pulling that kind of stuff. No. I mean, everything we do here is petty, it seems, except for the fact that St. Louis actually is a great place, great place for music and great place for startups. Living isn't expensive. I mean, it's like, you know. We can't get out of our own way for anything, just in the municipality. I bitched to you about that last night, about Creve Yeah. going after Netflix and Hulu, because Creve doesn't understand anything about technology broadband, cable, and a TV network. They just petty crap. 
Come to St. Louis where we have separate ribbon cuttings, one for whites and one for blacks. This will be a great place for you to do business, Delta. Crackers and cheese. Welcome to the Vale Prophet. Where you can actually, Delta, if you come here, we'll let you have one plane load of blacks and one plane load of whites. It will have a whites only 737 and a blacks only 737. And you could, Delta, you take your CEO, put him on a float on the 4th of July and put a white hood on top of him and wave at the entire crowd. <laughs> Instead of in the East Terminal, we'll have the Black Terminal, where only black air travelers go. That's St. Louis. Yeah, I mean, really. Seriously. That's, that's why would, and again, I hate almost talking down the city because I do think the city does get screwed by the fact that it's small. And every time they do these rankings, it winds up screwed. So I, I do believe that it's too bad we're not part of a larger kind of uh, a these, larger group. But These cities that are smaller and our size, mid-market, Nashville, Cincinnati, Indianapolis, Kansas City, Denver. It, we're talking about Memphis, New Orleans, Shreveport, Atlanta. No one's having these issues. Yes. Yeah. Just here. Come to St. Louis where we have food truck drivers run over by carjackers. It's fantastic. Right near the old courthouse. Come to St. Louis where you can leave Bush Stadium and wind up being robbed at gunpoint. (laughs) I mean, really. I hate to say it, but, you know, oh, well. There's got to be a turning point. Yeah. There does. Now, let me ask you this, though. If so, if Delta came to St. Louis and they introduced them, would there be a separate reception for Delta? <laughs> one black and one white? <laughs> one led by Mayor Cruz and the other by Bruce Franks Jr. <laughs> Oh, Lord. We still do love the city. We love the arch. Yeah, love the zoo. Okay. The zoo is free. Love. Oh, the zoo. I think you said Muzu. Atlanta's like, oh, why we, how is the zoo free? We ask people from Ladue to pay for it. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> oh, all right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the flight. It's a balmy 85 degrees in St. Louis. The sun shining everywhere. See you at Santino Cigars and Cocktails maybe a little later on. Huh? Yeah. And thank you to Discovery Design for supporting me in the studios. DiscoveryDesignInc.com. And don't forget, folks, Mattress King. Find them on Facebook. Tomorrow, they're open generally in St. Peter's. And the rest of the time, they do it by appointment only. They keep the cost down. No cheaper mattress and no mattress more comfortable than at Mattress King. Support the people who support the show. And have a fantastic weekend, everybody. Glad to be back. And we'll see you on Monday. Thank you, Stevie Church. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, guys. Love you.